Welcome to Fire Breathing Kittens, a role-playing podcast with standalone adventures. Normally, we run our games using Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition, but this time we're trying out a new system. Today's game will be played using Electric Bastion Land by Chris McDowell. My players today are new to this system, so we'll be playing it as an introduction to the system and the setting. After this session, both the players and you, the listeners at home, will know Electric Bastion Land well enough to run it yourselves. So... Before we introduce our players, we gotta make some characters. We're gonna start with Jade. Hello. Hello. Do you I have am Jade? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> watched Pop Fiction. <laughs> Do you have a couple of D6s at the ready for me? I have a D6 that I can roll several times. Excellent, excellent. Please roll three D6 three times and write down those numbers. Okay. The first one was 8, the second one was 7, and the third one was 11. Alright, nice averages there. Uh, Slightly below average, maybe. Alright, you're going to use these stats to fill in three... uh, You're going to use these numbers to fill in three stats. These stats are Strength, Dexterity, and Charisma. These govern the things they normally do in other role-playing games, but we can expand upon them if there are questions about that. Uh, normally you would insert the three numbers you rolled in order in the stats, but since you're recreating a character you already have, you may place them wherever you want to make the character as you normally have it. All right. Eight strength, seven dexterity, and 11 charisma for Jed Zepeledin. Very nice. All right. Next up, after you have rolled your stats, you would normally compare your highest and your lowest stats which would give you a number in a chart. This chart is the failed careers chart. In this game, you have only one like class, category, definer, and that is your failed career. Uh, normally we would look it up, but because once again, we are recreating characters that already exist, I have selected a failed career for you that I hope you can agree fits your character. And I will send that to my player now. <laughs> You can open that and have a look. Please uh, keep it a secret for now what your failed career is. So we can all find out together when every character is made. Uh, on the, in the PDF you I've just sent you, there are two pages. One is the front that gives you a nice visual image and some name suggestions if you don't already have those. But we have those. Uh, and on the second page you can see what kind of items or other special things you get. Ah. First off, you get a couple of things for free in the You Get section properly titled, which I hope you can also see uh, some extra things I've written down for you there. Mm, not able to view any comments or let me see view comments. Nope. Nope. All right. I will explain those later then when everything, everybody has their things. All right. You have to roll two more dice for me. A single D6 for your starting money. One. All right. You start with one pound. And you can also write down the corresponding thing that is on the table for your starting money that is on your failed career sheet. And then roll me another d6, if you please, for your starting HP. Two. All right. A nice sturdy that we got here. <laughs> Once again, you can, roll, uh, you can write down what is behind the two on the corresponding table. And that is your entire character sheet already made. Sweet. All right. Moving on. We got... Cosmos. Hello, hello. Hello. Can you roll me 3d6 three times, please? 12, an 11, and a 9. All right. 
Once again, you would compare those numbers to get a background, but I already have one selected for you that I'm sending over now. And once again, please keep it for yourself until we are all ready to review our characters. But you can open it to see what other things you're going to get from your field career. Ooh. <laughs> please roll 1d6 for your starting money and 1d6 for your starting HP and write down all the things associated with that number. Right, two for the money and two for the HP. Two for the money, two for HP. All right. And that is all you need to make your character. And last but not least, we are joined by Skirmish. Hello there. So I was eavesdropping with the other two characters, and I went ahead and rolled, and I need to show something in the camera, because I did... So first of all, I used an electronic dice roller also, because I don't have that many dice. Um, I got a 13 strength, a 9 dexterity, and 11 charisma. And I happened to get 6 money and 6 HP, and I'd like to show you <laughs> that I'm not cheating if I can't, oh, it's my, my, I don't know. It's right there. Uh, it's not, it's fading in and out, sorry. Uh, really, I'll take a screenshot and just send it to you. This is ridiculous. I, mean, it's, I, I, I think we believe you, as long as it wasn't uh, free 18s for your stat, we, we might have been like, really? <laughs> then an eyebrow would have gone up. Yeah, but two sixes. But that's, that's right. pretty nice, pretty nice. All right. Then for skirmish as well, I will send you a document with your field career. I don't know if the oh, I... table's in order of uh, one is worst and uh, six is best, because I'm looking at my number nope. two, and I think that's the most fun thing. <laughs> uh, they're actually in usually uh, one is best and six is worst, because you have more money or more HP oh. to uh, accommodate it. Oh, so. perfect then. <laughs> I don't want to be a cheater. <laughs> I am also sending you some extra text skirmish, because you have an extra option for... Uh, the table associated with money, which will probably explain itself once you read your uh, field career. Trying to get there. Hold on, sorry. No problem. Are we not good people? Just <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, all right. <laughs> you are people with a, f a field career, so now you are desperate <laughs> for money. We will get to that. So, well, um, I want you to uh, imagine your character in this new context and think about how you would like to present them or if there's anything changed about your appearance. And while you are thinking about that, I will give a short overview of how Electric Bastion Land works for our listeners. So, Electric Bastion Land, a game by Chris McDowell. Like most tabletop RPGs in Electric Bastion Land, the Game Master, or in this case, the Conductor, as he is called in Electric Bastion Land, describes the scene and players respond to it. When anything is uncertain, we roll a d20 against one of our free stats to determine the outcome. To succeed on a roll, you have to roll equal to or under your stat, such as strength when opening a heavy steel door, dexterity to dodge falling rubble, or charisma when you're trying to persuade an enemy to not fight and leave the combat. All characters in Electric Bastion have a failed career, which means that whatever they used to do didn't work out, and now they are in serious depth. That means that treasure is their only hope. So, your character treasure hunt is, in the broadest sense of the word. They have to find this treasure, either within Bastion, the only city that matters, which has just entered the era of electricity and also weirdness, or they have to go outside the city, into the era called Deep Country, where all matter of strange things from the past can be found. There is also the underground, where criminals, machines, and sometimes aliens lurk around. 
Electric Bassy Land is designed to be easy to pick up and fast to run. It is perfectly suited for one-shots or short campaigns. During play, your character will accumulate scars, which will harden and change them. They will also pick up oddities, strange objects which exhibit magical or super science effects. These are often very useful, but might also be dangerous. So, to sum it all up, in the words of the creator Chris McDowell himself, Bastion, the electric hub of mankind, the only city that matters. Deep Crunchy, it stretches forever, the long shadow of our past. In the underground, machines undermine reality. Aliens are here from beneath the living stars. You have a failed career, a colossal debt, and treasure is your only hope. So, now that you all had some time to uh, write down your uh, new versions of your characters, please present yourselves. We will start off with Jade. Oh man, this is like an alternate history where Jade never met Alice, her wife. Oh. And instead of learning compassion and like healthy living habits, she's just sort of on her own with how she was raised, which wasn't super great. The thing that ended her career is the death of Cyrus Miller, her partner. And in real Nick and Moy, she saved his life, but in this place where we are, nope. All right. It seems like we have a more uh, gray version of one of our characters. Interesting. Uh, you also get something extra. You get a big shield, which you can put in parentheses behind that, one armor and bulky, which means that uh, whenever you get hit and would take damage, armor prevents that damage. So it would lower the damage you take by one. And bulky means that this object is large and takes up you know, most of your space. Uh, you can only carry two bulky items with you. If you carry any more, your hit points go down to zero, which you don't really ha- want to have. Also, if you use a weapon that is bulky, it requires two hands, but that's only specifically for weapons. You also have a willingness to defend your friends. But in the light of what you have just told me, you may adjust that however you wish. Hmm. All right, next up we have Cosmos. Failed Cosmos. I think it's just like an indie wrestler is probably just like performing for a hot dog and a handshake. And that's all he's getting. So, uh, yeah, that's that can put somebody in some desperate times. Um <laughs> How much more should I reveal of my character bits? Because some of these are very fun. You may reveal as much as you want now. Oh, because I feel like... I feel like my guy's pretty straight-laced. He's no pun intended. Uh, I just... I climb really fast. I... I go to talking to people. That's it. That's what I'm here for. (laughs) (laughs) All right, some small adjustments for you as well. Uh, in the You yep. Get section, you saw a ceremonial headband. Uh, you can change that to ceremonial star mask for obvious yes, reasons. of course. <laughs> you also get mystical fists, which are in parentheses D6 and very short range. Self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. And you also have a willingness to get into the thick of things. I'm just a wrestler. Nothing's changed. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is there anything else you want to say about your character? Oh, man. Well, I should probably go into the little description, the glittery uh, space-themed star mask. Um, in a recent adventure, I also picked up a cloak that doesn't do anything in this game, but will do something going forward in 5e. Uh, but I'll save that for a future episode to reveal what that does. Otherwise, it's probably exactly what you're imagining. I'm a masked wrestler. <laughs> All right. Perfect. 
And lastly, Skirmish. Tell us something about your new self. Well, it looks like I used to be an old part of an old um, traveling um, act where I was actually uh, the dummy, like the uh, ventriloquist dummy. But people got tired of me because of my violent attitude and uh, penchant for for fisticuffs. And so I was discarded, and now I've uh, something has bestowed upon me life. And although I am felt and wood, I am alive. Uh, I'm halfway to a real boy, it seems. And um, I have uh, just going around and trying to figure out uh, my new life. Did you uh, did you read the X option I sent you? I did. Oh yes. So I've got a stretchy neck. So I, I seem short. I'm about, I'd say, three and a half feet, because I used to be, you know, a ventriloquist dummy. But my neck can stretch about two extra feet, you know, for looking people in the eye, which I'm very good at, by the way, because I, I don't blink. I just look at them, and they, they get all intimidated. And uh, then my, my, my neck shrinks back down, and I'm back to normal. All right, all right. You also get something extra. You have in your possession some destroyed stuffing. If you ingest this stuffing, you become buff and angry. You hit harder, which gives you a d12 bonus on uh, damage rolls. But you automatically fail charisma saves until you calm down. Sounds good to me. <laughs> All right. I, lo I love where you're keeping things slightly vague. <laughs> this will be fun. <laughs> so let's get into our adventure for today, shall we? <clears throat> you three have been pulling odd jobs for a while, trying to clear your debt. Today you received some hush-hush information that the dog is planning a job and could use some more hands. Knowing these kinds of jobs, it is first come, first serve, so you hurry over to the burrow where he usually lives. You've heard of the dog before, who used to be something of a treasure hunter himself, but you've never actually met him. You do travel to the burrow where you know his workshop is, in a burrow called the Stitching Streets. A burrow is a neighborhood, for those who are less inclined with the British uh, slang. This burrow is known for its stitching shops, uh, hospitals, and workstations, where uh, anything from uh, cutting off to reattaching can be done. So, you are free to, uh, to wander around here, uh, see if you can find the shop, see what kind of people you, you meet, or interact amongst yourselves. Uh, can you repeat the name of the person we're looking for? The doc. The dock. Indeed. All right. Hey, compatriots. Um, just for the sake of establishing exposition, do I still call you Cosmos and Jade? Yeah, I don't see why not. Yes. Yeah, perfect. I'm still skirmish. I'm just looking a little, you know, a wee bit wee. That's all. I mean, Cosmos is just wearing like shorts and like terrible wrestling boots. Like he hasn't, he's not able to afford the like good stuff yet. Spent all his money on the mask. That's why he's in debt. <laughs> oh, you are right. I have forgotten to establish one thing. The game has a mechanic for establishing who the person is that you are in debt to. Uh, canonically, which of your characters is the youngest in the normal game? I'm ah. 23 in my uh, normal game. Mm-hmm. I'm 24. Ooh. All right. Skirmish. Yeah. 
please look at your field career because I'm I mean I knew Jade was living older so I'm already yeah just looking at those <laughs> two a pensioner <laughs> there yeah exactly skirmish please look at your uh, field career uh, sheet and on the first page on the bottom you will see uh, who you all are in depth to and please uh, tell us who you are in depth to okay so it sounds like we owe ten thousand pounds to a group called the unpairers unpairers and uh should i read the consequence as well sure uh if we are caught with a matching pair of anything they'll add 505 pounds to the debt i hope that's not socks anything gonna say like do i gotta have mismatched boots now that depends do you want to add more money to your debt ah <laughs> give me one of your boots i'll wear yours <laughs> and you wear mine that's swap Oh, uh, bad news. I don't wear shoes. So you're just, you're down one <laughs> shoe. <laughs> well, you can wear just it like a hat. around half barefoot. The mask is already asymmetrical, so at least I've got that going for me. Worst news, and I hand you a kilt. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you hand a kilt? You, I mean, if you're wearing pants. Oh, can I not? Oh, do I got to like chop a leg off of the, of the oh. pants as well? It's a pair of pants. Oh, see how no. It looks. Oh, no. Okay, so I'm now wearing one boot, a kilt, and <laughs> and a glittery, glittery, ostentatious mask. Perfect. Well, since I'm just a puppet, I'll go ahead and remove my pants, because there's really nothing that, you know, no chance of indecency with me. I'm just a puppet. You know what I mean? So it's just me and a boot, and that's pretty much it. As you are establishing your new clothing routine, you see a very slightly disturbingly tall man in a large uh, black trench coat looking at you from across the street and kind of nods in your direction, starts writing things down. He give, and he gives, uh, he gives Skirmish a, a, a wink, like, thumbs up like good job good job i'm a bit uncomfortable that somebody's giving me a wink when i take my pants off <laughs> is that what that's all about it, i mean you can go and ask him if you want it's all right i'll just shrug and uh we'll keep walking <laughs> all right as you're walking around this burrow you see uh, a collection of uh, individuals there are some uh, usual day laborers on the streets a a battalion of uh, soldiers fresh from the front uh, comes marching through. Their blue uniforms with gleaming brass buttons shining in the in the light. There is um, a man polishing a machine that seems to have four legs um, and might be able to to serve as some kind of riding carriage. And there's also a, a shabby-looking street vendor with a small small stall. Uh, that is not entirely human. He appears to be uh, a man with, instead of a normal head, he has just a large eyeball. And he's trying to motion you over, like, Hey, you want some uh, You want some good? I got something for you here. Come on, come on, have a look. Yeah. Well, um, I've never looked at a giant eyeball before. An eyeball man. So let's, I'd like to walk over to him and see what he talks out of. Does he have a mouth? As you approach this man and he continues speaking, you notice that uh, his eye seems to vibrate and that's where the sound is coming from. There appears to be no mouth. Fascinating. Hello, uh, 
Uh, my name's Skirmish. What's your name? My name is Razzle. But uh, that's a little, little bit hard for people to pronounce around here, so you can just call me Razzle. Oh, good. Uh, hello, these are my friends Cosmos and Jed. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Welcome to Razzle's Dazzles. And these are my dazzles. And he uh, way, uh, opens his arms wide and motions to uh, the small wooden counter he has with uh, mostly broken bits and pieces scavenged from, from around. You know, there's some... Uh, there's a collection of marbles. There, as you see, a strip of uh, chewing gum. There is some uh, bolt cutters that are missing one one side of the pair of bolt cutters, um, and also some uh, a, a nice collection of pants, though. But they do have both both pant legs, so they're mostly unusable for you. Would anybody? Um, oh, sorry. Uh, hey, Razzle, do you know where we could find a man called the Doc? Oh, the doc? Yeah, of course, of course. He's, uh, I've seen him a couple of times. Uh, he uh, he was the one who helped me in a little uh, boop, accident, you know. Uh, you, see a, you see a line of stitching uh, somewhere underneath the eyeball. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's real proper. He does his job very, very well, you know. Uh, you know, he, he sticks, out, sticks out the arm and uh, points, points across the street. It's like, hey, it's a stops over there. You see, uh, you see the large, uh, large sign out front that has a... Uh, a long elephant snout on it. Yeah, that's uh, that's his shop. Well, thank you so much. Um, I I think that's all I need for now. I might come back and buy some d- uh, dazzles, but not at the moment, if you don't mind. Uh, Jade Cosmos, are you interested in anything here? I'll take one odd piece out. <laughs> uh, sorry, what? One odd piece? What? Just one. Just one thing that maybe is supposed to be part of a set. But I will be procuring it individually. Well, he has uh, several options. There's a half pair of glasses. There is, um, let's see, a collection of crayons that appear to be uh, in different colors, uh, except half the colors are missing. Um, yeah. I'll take the crayons. Too. I'm taking the crayons. All right. You have a half collection of crayons. That will be one pound, please. One pound. All right. I will mark that off. Hopefully well. this comes in use later. You never know. Who knows? It might be magical. Could be. Is there a way of telling that? Uh, you have... Uh, each one of you has uh, encountered all of these before. Uh, in your experience, you usually find out pretty quickly if they're strange in any way. Uh, sometimes they hum or vibrate or... You know, feel like there's more of them in your hands than there actually are. They have a way of uh, announcing their presence. Okay, gotcha. So, looking these over, do I gain any insight into potential magical properties, or do these just come across as an odd collection of crayons? They appear to be an odd collection of crayons. Excellent. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I will begin applying war paint on half of my body. <laughs> <laughs> nice nice that sounded like it was very distracting to everyone didn't it so nobody noticed me as i leaned over the table right at the table's corner edge and stretched my fingers underneath the table and inserted a psychedelic mushroom planting evidence on razzles dazzles i didn't notice that at all no Uh, if you want you can make a dexterity roll to see if you can sneakily do that okay and you want to roll equal to or lower uh, even if you, uh, this is mostly a, a, a fail forward kind of system. So even if you 
uh, fail, there might be, it might work, but there might be some unintended consequences. Okay, here goes. Gonna try to get below a seven. Well, I did. I got a two. Very nice. You have successfully planted evidence on a maybe, maybe not in innocent man. Person. Well, no one's gonna know unless I need to use that later. <laughs> so no one knows. Oh gosh. <laughs> might come in handy. <laughs> Chekhov's planted evidence. <laughs> Don't trust cops. <laughs> this is a very, very different version of Jade already. Oh, my. <laughs> Ooh. All right. This will be an interesting adventure. All right. So you have been given directions to uh, the now quite obvious uh, stitching shop, as they are called. Stitching shop. What do I know about, like, stitching shop? I assume this is, like, almost surgical what they do. They're, like, putting people back together. Uh, anything you want uh, added on or removed, they can do for you. Okay. So we're going to have to lose some of these limbs. I feel like these pairs are going to become a problem in our future. <laughs> well, you know, they may give you a pass for things you are born with, but it is skirting the line, you know? Okay, gotcha. It's a, it's a gray area. It's a moral yeah. gray area. Yeah. So I will say, uh, in looking at the contract where we get more debt, um, it's a matching pair that adds more debt. So if you have like a pair of pants, but they're totally mismatch one half and another half, I think you're fine. So if you were to dye your boot, I could give you the boot back to you. They'd just be different boots and that'd be okay. If you'd like. That would probably be more pleasant than walking around just one foot barefoot. <laughs> yeah, I've been walking in circles. It's very difficult. <laughs> and you've got crayons now. Perfect. I've got crayons now. I can just decorate all of the attire that I have. And make it asymmetrical. Starting fashion trends over here. It's what Cosmos is all about. As you say that, you see a small group of uh, children, uh, probably urchins on the streets, uh, taking taking out some, you know, lef leftover piece of crayon and start drawing on themselves and on the street, kind of looking at you, looking at themselves, drawing something, looking at you, looking at yourself, drawing. Like, you're definitely starting some kind of trend. Yeah. But I imagine, do I have, like... Is it only warm colors or only cool colors that I've got in this crayon box? I will let you decide. All right. I'm going to say I only have cool colors. So that way I've got some greens, some purples, some blues, kind of sticking to a theme here. Nice. Nice. Yeah. The children try to, are trying to imitate the same uh, same colors, but they only sadly have warm colors. Uh. They have the other half of the crayon box? <laughs> I mean, they might. <laughs> Oh, goodness. All right. Shall we head in then? Yes, that sounds good. Mm -hmm. All right. You make your way across the street and open the door into the small shop that says, Stitchings of all kinds, adding, removing, or anything in between. So, opening the door, you are greeted with a small uh, both workshop and selling shop. There appears to be racks of... Uh, cutting instruments that can be used to remove things, but also rows of like sewing needle threads, both medical and non-medical uh, that can be used to add things. In the back of the shop are a, uh, are a countertop and behind that two large uh, cast iron tables with a cloth over it. One of which is empty. The other one currently has a person lying on it. And in between these two tables is a very large uh, elephantine looking mockery. So for those who don't know, Mockeries are animated, felt, wooden, leather uh, puppets or imitations of life. And these appear, this appears to be a, a large uh, stuffed 
elephant person given like life cosmos just starts having flashbacks at the sight of anything elephant related <laughs> something in another timeline is connecting with him is this elephant person in the middle of doing something with a person on the table uh he seems to have uh, just stopped as you are entering uh, as he has a a pair of uh, needle and thread in his uh, in his hands and the man on the table uh who has a mining helmet on his head and some uh, blood on his legs uh, is clutching them. So he may may have just been, you know, stitching. Hmm. Well, you're just going to stand there. You're going to come in. What is this? This ain't an open house. Oh, sorry. I was just amazed to find someone uh, like me. You're like me or I'm like you, whatever you prefer. Um, Yeah, sure. Can you help us? Uh, that depends. You need something cut off. You need something reattached. That's that's usually what I'm doing here. Well, I'm not very skilled with the needle and thread, but what I'd like to have happen, as you can see, I'm not wearing pants, and I'm a little uncomfortable. Uh, if you could take my pants, cut them in half, put one half inside out, and then reattach the pants together so they're mismatch, I would like that very much. Uh, you see the large elephant man kind of size, like, well, it is, uh, it is... You know, cutting something apart and reattaching, so it counts. Uh, he takes your pair of pants and he starts uh, starts working. Uh, it's like, uh, so uh, what brings you to uh, to the stitching streets? Say the friends send you, you know, sightseeing. I mean, did you come all the way here just for a pair of pants? The pants are a bonus, but thanks. He just kind of looks at you. It's like, all right, I'm feeling something else here. Out of character. I did not write down why we're looking for Doc. So if one of you could talk to Doc, that would be good. I also forgot to write it down. I just wrote down looking for the Doc. Me too. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> I no. like that we're a party of honesty. <laughs> no no worries, no worries. This is the first time, so I'll be generous with the information. Uh you are treasure hunters, and usually you receive jobs and other uh, methods of gaining information about treasures or whereabouts of, of such. Uh, you had heard that the the yeah, the dog is offering a job. This job would entail you going out, finding some kind of treasure, and either bringing it back to him or a client of his, and that would either clear away your debt or a large portion of it. This has been your uh, daily routine for, you know... Ever since your career failed and you uh, accrued your massive, massive debt. Ah, he's a jobs flyer. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Fixer. This is contact, the billboard. <laughs> a handyman. A connector. There's many, many names for what he does. Right. Got a job for a wrestler, a puppet, and a former police officer. Yes, let's let's call it police officer. Sure. <laughs> Town guy. He, he, he looks, he looks uh, the three of you up and down. He's like, ah, okay, I see, I see. Someone sent you here uh, because of uh, because of the job. Uh, well, yeah, I can always use more hands. Uh, I'll say you aren't the first uh, to come asking for it, but I don't, I don't mind sending out multiple teams. You know, as as long as one of them comes back, that's enough for me. How many teams would you say are out looking for this, whatever it is? Uh, so far, you are the third. Hmm. And how capable would do, would you estimate those first two teams are? Okay, but would you would you estimate yourselves? Oh, we're we're fantastic. We're we're dead brilliant, to be honest with you. Mm, says the penless uh, penless man. All right. 
Well, you should see me with pants on. It's even better. I mean, well, we're about to find out as he hands you your pair of finished uh, adjusted pants. You oh. fool, he's at full power now. <laughs> oh, I put my pants on and I, and I I I I kind of puff up a little bit like, "Oh yeah, I'm ready for anything now." So, what what does that look like just for for my own amusement and for the listeners at home? So, just like a if you could picture a 4-foot tall a ventriloquist dummy, uh that a kind of blink just kind of stand as tall as he can, but really he, he's he's loose in the joints, so he's uh, not as sturdy as a person would be, and uh, and he doesn't breathe or eat or anything, so it's not like he could puff his chest up, but he just kind of moves his chest in a way that would look like it's going forward, like oh look at me, I'm ready for anything. <laughs> the large elephant man seems well. Make a charisma save for me. All right. I rolled an 8, and my charisma is 11. All right, that is below your charisma, so that is a success. Uh, right. The large elephant, elephant uh, person seems to be impressed. He's like, all right, I will admit, you are more at full power now. I can see it. Very good, very good. Like, that'll be one pound, though, because I oh. do have a business to run. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah, here you go. All right, he will take your one pound happily. Uh, well, about the job. Yeah, there is something uh, I do. I need help with. Uh, a client of mine, well, more like a contact, well, more like a friend, or a friend of a friend. You know how these things goes. My people call your people, that kind of deal. He needs a book. And as you all know, there's only one place where you can find all the books. The Eternal Library. He says that as if you would know what it is. You do not know what it is. It's like, he's standing there, waiting a couple of seconds. All right, not not ringing any bells. All right, yes, uh, the Eternal Library. You know, in the underground, they made a large library because they thought it was a good place to store all their books. And then, you know, a robot moved in, took over. No, none of none of that. All right. Well, in the underground, there's a library, and it's called the Eternal Ri- Library, and there's a book there that I want for my client. Is that something you can help me with? A book, of course. There's no problem getting a book. You don't need a specific one. It makes it easy on us. Of course it's a specific one. Well, that'll cost you extra. <laughs> Any book is fees normal for a book, but a specific book, oh, that'll, that'll, it'll be a bit more. Mm, triple the price, because we would not want it to be an appeal. I can see that I'm dealing with a letter of the law kind of group. I see. Well, uh, I have one prize to offer you, and if you don't want it, I'm sure one of the other teams that's already gone out before you with a head start can get it for me, so... I mean, take it or leave it, I guess. I mean, I look like a children's coloring book right now, so I feel like I'll take anything. <laughs> Allow us to confer for a bit, uh, Doc. Yeah, no problem. I can finish up this guy. Oh, sorry, I thought you were finished. Thanks. No, no, um, look, the blood's still coming out. Hey, team. Uh... I know we like to be hard and negotiate really a lot, but we do have a lot of debt. Should we just take the offer and just keep going? Or do we want to, you know, up the up the stakes? Oh, well, not that I have seen the inside and I knew all the exits are for later. I think we will get more than we uh, bargain for regardless. That's why I'm on your team. Perfect. You, Cosmos? What do you think? I'm still, I'm probably like writing the instructions down on myself in crayon like 
what's that movie? What's that movie where he tattoos himself oh, with all Memento? of the... Memento? Yeah, Memento. There we go. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know in this universe, but Memento. <laughs> A wonderful play by the name of Memento. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Okay, let's take it. And then uh, if we feel like we need more, like if uh, some hazard pay, we can... We'll just follow Jade's lead. I know many criminals that do me a favor, or are good. I, like, think of the street vendor who could get himself off the hook if he did a job for me. <laughs> wow. So we can always uh, take what we need from him if we decide that we deserve it. Let's go do this job and see how much we have earned. Perfect. All right. Hey, Doc, we'll take the job. Yeah. He bites off a piece of, uh, piece of string, ties something up, like... Yeah, you're good to go. And you see the, the the mine worker gets up, stumbles out of the shop. Oh, thanks, dog. Thanks. Yeah, putting it on your tab. No more mining accidents for this month, okay? All right, all right. And he's like, all right, you're taking the job. Good, good, good. Uh, let me just confer with my uh, my legal advisor about uh, what kind of details we're going to afford to give you. Uh, he, he, tur- he, turns, uh, he turns away from you guys and you hear uh, a few whispered words. And uh, when he reemerges, he has a uh, uh, another stuffed uh, animal in his hands. This time, it's a uh, feline-looking person uh, with uh, bright red boots on. He's like, uh, "This is Boots, my uh, legal advisor. Uh, he will tell you all the details." And he puts uh, puts Boots on the counter. He's like, "Hello, my name is Boots. Uh, I am so glad that you uh, decided to take the job. I have a large contract here for you to sign, and also some details for you to go." Uh, for you on the way. What what exactly is in the contract? Why do we need to sign a contract? Oh, it's just a standard legal waiver. You know, uh, no suing the doc when you get uh, hurt or injured beyond what can be stitched back together. Um, if you get lost or anything and cannot find your way out of the eternal library, well, we have never heard of you, of course. And if you do manage to find the book, uh, it stipulates that you can either bring it back to us or directly to the client, whichever you prefer. And who is the client, just so we know who to bring it to, potentially? Uh, the client is the owner of the Gallery of Fold. Gallery of Old? Fold. Of Fold. Gotcha. Yes. Also, I heard something about hazard pay. What do you think we are here, a charity? You would not mind oh. if I were to have my scrub make a copy of this, and I take a really old, shriveled, like a raisin of a person so elderly, out of my pocket. This is my loyal scribe. Kelly Vertanen. She's so old that she doesn't like move for herself. She does write though, and uh, she's got paper, and she's gonna make a copy of the contract for me if she's allowed. Boots is happy to su- supply a second scroll and ink and parchment. He seems to be well supplied as well. He takes it out of some pile of pockets everywhere. Oh yeah, she'll use yours. Um, I mean, paper costs money, <laughs> so she'll use yours if you've got it. But she does have her own. Thank you, Kelly, for writing this down. This is my loyal scribe. Uh, hello, fellow scribe. Uh, I see you're also a, a trained member with the quill and paper. Very good. She just glares at Boots because she does nothing but scribe, including talk or eat. She just photosynthesizes. She's at that age. She just, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's sure. That sounds logical to me. Yeah, that's how aging works. You become a plant. You just get smaller and smaller until you turn into a grasshopper. That's what I was told. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> well, 
Are there any more details you guys require from uh, their job? You are free to ask as many questions as you want. I have a question. So you mentioned a book. Does this book have a title? Of course, all books have a title. Can you tell us the title or are we going to just keep fishing out books coming back and you telling us that it's the wrong book? Well, there would be a, there would be an information fee for that. And then like, you see, see Doc comes from behind and kind of smacks boots on, boot on the back of the head. It's like, how are you going to do the job? I don't even know what the title of the book is. Come on. I know we're squeezing pennies here, but this is going too far. It's like, yeah, okay. All right. All right. All right. Yes. Uh, the name of the book is the, moment, please. There we go. The Libra del Rado. Can I have Kelly do a dexterity check for some reason? Uh, every character can make a dexterity check. If they do not have given stats, then you can assume they have a... Oh, no, she does. Then you, you know which it's to roll. All right. I was going to say uh, any character that has not had defined stats, they we are assumed they have a 10 in every category. Oh, wait, maybe she doesn't. No, she has, <laughs> she has a seven dex, I'll be honest. But yeah, she can roll. Sure. Ooh, uh, that was a 19, though. So she's trying to add a clause that says that the fee is tripled if successfully completed to the copy that she's making and then like switching it out with the original copy. But she rolled a 19. <laughs> I will say uh, with, with Boots, uh, Boots looking on and also uh, Sky herself, you can see him like leaning over like, oh, I think you misspelled something here. It's like he, he seems to try and converse <laughs> with her and then his hands start to move really fast and uh, somehow the, the both of the, of the legal documents have been... Uh, Exactly copied. It's like, well, I wouldn't want you to make a, a, a writing error, would we? <laughs> she doesn't say anything. She's just a, a scribe. Does nothing but scribe. Boots, boots respects a silent uh, scribe worker, yes. So anything else you want to know? How to get there? Enemies on the way? I mean, I've got more uh, more uh, legal documents to sign if you are, you are done. Uh, you mentioned this place is run by a robot? Ah, yes. It's a robot called Starry Night. Uh, it does not like sound. Starry Night and does not like sound. No, it, it runs a library after all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I will help you guys a little bit on uh, on your way. Uh, he shares some extra information with you all. He tells you about a couple of landmarks in and around the Eternal Library. There is uh, the pit which is a large bottomless pit, pit that has been caged off that is used to dispose of things. Uh, but you have to uh, ask the pit if you can dispose things in it. There is the Bloody Inkwell, which is a small dusty shop just outside the Eternal Library that some people say is uh, one of the only reliable ways to get inside. And there's the Grand Library itself, which uh, is either infinite or very finite, depending on who you ask. Um, and it seems to be patrolled by a group of people called the Hushers, and they are there to hush you, and you make sound in the library. And yeah, that's about that's about the information you'll just just give out really nearly. It doesn't help. I want to help you too much anyway. There's other people involved as well. Do you have any side jobs for disposing of anything, perhaps in the pit, while we're on our way? <laughs> he is so glad you asked. He's like. Hey, Doc, didn't we have uh, the bag? Ah, yes, the bag, the bag. Uh, Doc uh, rummages around in the bag and produces a a large uh, cloth sack that seems to be dripping. And he puts it in front of you. It's like, well, if you can dispose of this, I'll uh, I'll pay you forward uh, 20 pounds. That sounds great. Hey, uh, Cosmos, can you grab this sack for us? (laughs) 
Yeah, I'll carry wow. the drippy sack. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm I'm tiny. No, I get. I yeah, I'm a I'm a wrestler. That's what I got going for me here. Well, you have a large drippy sack. I don't I don't need to say anything else about it, right? Yeah, I'm taking note of that. My notes look like a absolute madman wrote them for this session. That's, that's the best kind of notes and on point. <laughs> All right. Well, if there's uh, no further questions, uh, I will uh, get back to my my work. I am uh, studying uh, studying the legal documents, you know, getting my bar certificate. So, you know, takes a lot of time. Anyway, good uh, good luck. Try not to get either lost in the eternal library or, you know, maybe get killed. We wouldn't want that. You know, might all might be traced back to us. You know, we don't want that. Anyway, good luck. And Boots hops off the counter and scurries into the back of the shop. All right. Does anybody else find it odd that if they were to disavow even meeting us, why would they have a sign a contract to that effect? It's a bit fishy to me, that's all. That hasn't even registered as strange to me, given everything else that has occurred <laughs> today. Well, I am a dummy after all, so don't <laughs> mind me. But half a pack of crayons from a stitched up eyeball. <laughs> We're going to a <laughs> grand library. There's a pit that we've got to throw a drippy sack into. <laughs> think I've got the bases covered. Yeah. Yeah, okay. You did All receive right. 20 pounds for that drippy sack. You know, you paid it for oh, cool. which is pretty nice. Nice. Who so, are we divvying yeah. up the money or does somebody want to carry the 20 pounds? Well, I have pants again, so you could put them in my pocket. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah. Pockets work both inside and out. You can just push it through. You just have to make sure that you have an uneven amount in each pocket. Oh. Tell you what, I'll have eleven of the the gold, and then I'll give nine to one of you. Okay. Or two of you, if you'd like. I mean, five and four, or however. Does my kilt have pockets? <laughs> oh, do kilts have pockets, guys? Um, the newer I, ones do. I was gonna say, yeah, I got one that has pockets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's only if we get caught having a pair, so you could have it in your pocket. And not get caught. Oh, yeah. You can take that chance if you want. Perhaps I'll offer him the drippy sack instead of me. Yeah. Who knows? This might be uh, a object that's worth negotiating over. Well, yeah, we should look inside after we leave. Ooh, yeah, definitely. Um, 11, 4, and 5 is how we're divvying out the money? Sure. I've got 4. I've got 11. Jade's got 5. I got 5, and I stick 2 in the pocket with 1 pound and 3 in the other pocket. I have five total, so I can also divvy it up. <laughs> Jade is taking the chance, oh no. Jade has a hard edge. <laughs> <laughs> She'd love a fight. Uh, well, you know, you got eight strength, so we'll see. <laughs> Unless there's anything you want to buy or get in the in the stitching shop, uh, Doc is very happy to, to wave you out trying to think what on earth could we use from a stitching shop i mean can he just give me an extra arm is that the kind of thing that we can like <laughs> negotiate here it's gonna be goblin parts can't you tell <laughs> he does offer that service yes <laughs> how much is, is that service it is somewhat expensive it is about 500 pounds oh okay gotcha so well out of far too rich for my blood 
Well, you're already in debt a little bit. You can get into debt a lot if you want. It's true. Yeah, in for a penny, in for a pound. You know. I mean, uh, you heard him say something to the miner about, you know, putting it on credit or on the tap. So. Right. Do we have any uh, body parts on clearance? You guys. <laughs> clearance? <laughs> on sale? Like an inferior one. Yeah, like maybe one that's like ready to go, that is like, you know, maybe going a bit stale. Uh, he is more than happy to give you a discounted option if you want. I'm just ready to follow through this weirdness as far as we'll take it. I'm, I'm go in it. this world 100%. I'm committed to it. Uh, he uh, <laughs> he opens up a curtain in front of the in front of the counter, and there's a glass display behind it with several uh, arm options and a single leg option. It's like, well, we got a nice assortment over here if you want to peruse. I feel like almost having one as like on my back might be. <laughs> I don't know how much of this is going to carry over into the other games, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. Let's uh, let's get a goblin arm, just like, just on my back. Let's see if that comes into, into play. All right. Well, you d- you don't know for certain if if goblins is is a thing that exists here, but you find a small oh, uh, green greenish looking arm if you want that one. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Green's All my right. favorite color. And even if you don't like it, you can also color it in in a different color with your crayons. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Which I have to to make sure that it's not. It has to be like off center though. It can't be directly in the middle of my back. It's got to be, like, kind of over one shoulder. Uh, well, since it's a smaller arm, he will offer it for you for 400 pounds. And uh, you are welcome to put it on tab. Uh, I will definitely be putting it on the tab because I have five pounds to my name. <laughs> yeah, he'll probably just ex- subtract that from the, the money you're going to earn him by doing the job if you're going to complete it. All right. Uh, so, where exactly do you want this arm? It can be on your shoulder, on your back, wherever you want. Name me, name me a place, and he will stitch it on. He is a very, very well-trained, certified doctor. Yeah, we'll put it like up, put it uh, kind of under the shoulder blade. So I've got like a half Goro situation going on. All right. So just out of the side. Yeah, kind of out of the side. Kinda, I'm gesturing to the camera, but. All right. Um, uh, the doc asks the asks your party members to step out for a, a minute or two, and uh, about uh, fifteen uh, um, noisy minutes later, uh, ah! <laughs> Cosmos walks out with an extra arm that is fully functional. It's only slightly shorter than his other arms. Looks like you got a deal. Please write down a new debtor, the doc, four hundred pounds. Oh, sorry, I needed to take a minute to just mildly cry laugh to myself. Okay, so I've got an extra arm. <laughs> and more debt. Just what you always wanted. Woohoo! Hey man, when you're already in the hole, what's a little deeper? Oh man. Oh, I'm having a great time. You see uh, the same tall, uh, extra tall person as before uh, walking across the seat, street. He seems to be doing something else. And then he notices uh, Cosmos coming out of the shop with now three arms instead of two. And you see a very broad and satisfied smile on his face. And he gives you a thumbs up. I give him three back. Uh, uh. <laughs> he, he walks up to you and he's like, if you're, uh, if you're ever looking for a job, I mean, I can see with your kind of enthusiasm... You know, the umpires can really use someone like you. Just saying. And he slips you a card. 
Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. I'll take it. I've got a card for who? The Umpairers. The Umpairers. That's who owns our debt. Oh. So I can maybe you... get in good with the people that have us in debt, and maybe that's a way of... I mean, you seem to be very dedicated to not having a pair of anything, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I was given one piece of information, and I am riding that <laughs> to, the, to the furthest end that I could take it. Oh, oh gosh. Oh. <sighs> All right. Well, we are one arm richer and a lot of information richer. Uh, depends on, on your perspective, which is more valuable. Um, you know the way to get to uh, the underground and the rough area of where the eternal library is. And from there on, you're basically on your own with the information you have. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to do before we start heading there? Yeah, I'd like to look in the sack and see why it's dripping. All right, we open the bloody sack. Great, great. All right. Well, you know, uh, it's not it's not only dripping blood. There is there appears to be a you know used uh, cloths and rags for you know cleaning up stuff. There is a couple of broken bottles with some kind of uh, medical fluid in there. Um, there are uh, surprisingly no like body parts because you know they can be reused. Uh, so just you know, general general surgeon uh, surgery related trash objects. Uh, if you want, you can you can uh, reach your hand in there and start uh, start looking for something interesting if you want. That sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, as a as a mockery, I don't know if I will feel anything. How does that work? I mean, will I be able to feel it if I if I cut myself or something? You have all the sensations a normal person would have, for better or for worse. Hmm, all right. Um, tell you what, uh, let's find a nice corner and dump the bag out onto the ground, and we can sort it that way. All right. Uh, so you take time to find a uh, specific corner or like a back alley or... Yeah, you know, a privacy, a little bit clean, not too full of rubbish. Sure, 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 yeah. Uh, you make your way into the back streets of the uh, Stitcher's... Stitcher, Stitcher Street, sorry. The back streets of Stitcher Street, uh, where uh, apparently many more of these bags have been emptied out over the years, as you see similar contents, uh, you know, on the ground around here. But you manage to find a spot that is relatively clear of debris and other assorted things. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, I'd like to look through the pile of uh, stuff we just dumped out. Does anybody have a stick? I hand and you a gavel. Which has a stick at the end. All right. Uh, I'd like to use the gavel, uh, pointy end first, and just kind of move stuff around. Just so you know, uh, littering is against the law here, but there appears to be very little, you know, law presence in the back streets. Um, looking through the pile of uh, cloth, glass shards, all that kind of good stuff, uh, you do find something interesting. You find a very pristine looking uh, stainless steel knife. That is, uh, yeah, exactly pristine looking. There is no fluid sticking to it or what, whatsoever. Well, it is stainless. Um, I'd like to acquire a new stainless steel knife then. All right. You have acquired the steel sculptor's knife. This is an oddity you immediately notice as you grasp the, grasp the blade of uh, the handle of this blade. Sorry, not the blade itself. That would be against the point of the whole wooden gavel thing. As you grasp the handle, you feel it hum with energy and seems to be eager to cut something. Uh, 
you immediately know what this oddity does. The steel sculptor's knife is used by sculptors of steel to cut steel. It is perfectly capable of cutting through any kind of metal. It is unable to cut through any other material. Oh. This might be useful for that uh, conveyor of peepers that we saw earlier that was made out of uh, this material. Sounds good. Maybe it needs its hooves trimmed and there's no ability to do so on its own. That's true. Maybe you could uh, offer your services in exchange for transportation to the bloody inkwell. That sounds great. Let's go find that uh, automated carriage. All right. Welcome back into the streets uh, with a quick uh, quick look around to spot the automated carriage again. Uh, to remind you all, this was basically like a four-legged uh, walking uh, crab thing with just a platform on it. So an open carriage, but still uh, it could function for your intended purposes. Uh, and someone was busy with it, uh, polishing it and seeming to work on it. Um, yeah. Is is that the man with the brass buttons on his coat? Uh, no, there was a battalion of soldiers uh, coming by. Oh, okay. Well, they have luckily uh, left the area. Ah, oh, yes. Uh, can we use the carriage then? Do we have to talk to someone? Uh, hello, Mr. Cleaning Man. Could you take us to the bloody inkwell in your fancy machine? Uh, good day. Uh, I mean, I could try, but... Uh... It's having some difficulty right now. I'm uh, trying to get it working again, but uh, yeah, it appears to be something stuck in there or something in the gears. I don't know. I'm uh, usually just uh, driving and polishing it. I'm not uh, the proper mechanic. Well, um, would either of you like to take a look? I don't mind. If I mean, if you want me to do it, you could do it. I'm very open. Don't you have the stretchy neck? Isn't that? Oh, that's true. Well, I don't like to stretch my neck into gearboxes. We had a bad experience once. Well, you know, if you get it cut off, we know a place where you can put it back on. Oh, it's true. We're right there. Okay, I'll do it. Well, since you are uh, smaller than average, uh, you actually fit, uh, you, you can fit your neck and face uh, very well into the gearbox, actually. Uh, you see that there are some uh, metal springs that have uh, come loose and have come stuck in the rest of the gears. This does not seem to be a very well-maintained thing, but uh, as far as you can tell, the only thing stopping it from moving right now is the the gears that are stuck. So, are the springs in the gears necessary? Like, are they part of the machine, or are they just stuck in there? I mean, even if they are necessary, they've already come loose, so... That's true. Well, um, I guess that's true. I like to use my knife, my brand new metal knife, and cut the springs... You certainly can. You cut through these metal uh, metal springs and gears very easily. And as soon as you do, you hear a whirring sound and things start moving and you quickly retract your uh, your neck before the gearbox starts, you know, grabbing things it's not supposed to. And yeah, the machine hums uh, into life. Uh, the legs stretch out a little bit until it's standing at its full height. A little bit of puffs of smoke come out here and there, sometimes, you know, out of exhaust pipes, sometimes out of machinery. And it seems to be functional. All right, I turn to the man and say, that will be 50 pounds, please. Oh, oh dear, oh gosh. Uh, well, uh, you see him patting himself off a little bit. Uh, he produces from his pockets uh, three pounds, <laughs> uh, but also some uh, spare gears, parts, metal cylinders. Like, this is what I got. So mm. uh, is this good enough for you, mister? I tell you what, how about you just take us wherever we want to go for a while, and then we'll call the debt off. Is that all right? Oh, uh, that, that seems about seems about right, yeah. That is a large part. 
I hold out a shriveled grasshopper of a person who has prepared a contract and tell him, please sign here. Yeah. Do you have a, uh, some kind of ink pot or something firm ready? Yeah. I mean, uh, it says loyal scribe, one HP, strength five, deck seven, charisma seven, elderly, does nothing but scribe. Can't imagine she wouldn't have ink pot and paper, right? It's yeah. her size. No one else can use it, but right. He uh, sticks out his, his thumb, but takes a little bit of the ink on it and prints his thumb on the paper. That's probably the best he can do. I think you can find you from that wherever you go. Okay. Uh, well, it's not like this is the first time I'm being threatened today, so that's fine. Okay, hop on up. <laughs> and there's a a small ladder on the side of the of the, you know, carriage platform that you can use to get up. And he uh, he just he, there's not even a driver. He just sits in the front of it. There's no reins or anything. He just kind of like holds on to the to the front two legs and kind of steers it around. All right, where uh, where do you guys want to go? Well, I don't think we need to go to the pit anymore. Um, suppose the bloody inkwell. What do you folks think? I think that we have an empty sack that we need to sell in the pit. We said the sack, not the contents. Oh, that's right. Just throw the sack in there. I like the way you think. All right, the pit it is. I have my scribe write down. I have an unfinished law book. I'm adding new laws as I go, of course. That the letter of the law, if carried out, fulfills the contract. The words of the contract are really the only thing that determine the contract, after all. <laughs> oh, it's, you're, you're doing all the things that you're normally not supposed to do with Jade, aren't you? Like, this, yeah. is, uh, this is a parallel universe Jade. Yeah, no, it's it works. It works. Yeah, <laughs> this is stre- stretching those character legs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, the, your your new uh, personal driver uh, for the day uh, directs the legs. They start moving, and you uh, stomp, 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 stomp uh, to the streets. Uh, eventually, make your way to a gateway that leads uh, to the underground. Uh, you appear in a large series of tunnels that have. Uh, uh, brass and copper pipes running through them. You hear the hissing of steam, the running of water. It's uh, sometimes hot, sometimes very humid in the tu- in these tunnels. Uh, one tunnel you go through, it's almost freezing cold, and you see that the, the small man in front like slaps the legs a little bit to keep keep ice that's forming on it, to keep it off. But eventually, after a long ride through this uh, nightmarish tunnel hellscape, uh, you make your way to a the front of a metal building that says the bloody inkwell. Um, You are in a deep section of the underground. The underground is the strange underworld beneath Bastion that is both sewer, construction sites, a great place to plant rebellions and revolutions. Uh, They build weird machines here that may or may not be against the law. You know, there's all kinds of crazy shit going on down here. So, uh, yeah, that's where we are now. (laughs) So, uh, do you want me to stay here, or can I go? Can I please go, or... Where would you go if we said you could go? Uh, b- back up top, you know, where there's no, you know, strange aliens or machines that are maybe coming to kill me. Oh, we'd like you to stay if you could. It's always nice to have a new friend. Would would this be the moment where your small scribe person, like, like you know, menacingly waves the, the contract around? <laughs> I did not write in the contract that he needed to stay underground when he felt threatened. Um, hmm. Mm. This is, I guess, the contract instead says that when we need their services, they're available, right? So as long as 
as long as you are available to us when we need you, so is there a way we can call you? Uh, let me check. He, he starts rummaging around on the on the spider leg automobile thing. He's like, starts, you hear some banging and scraping and he pulls something out, uh, which seems to be some kind of radio transmitter. Uh, well, I uh, can't really talk to this, but uh, if you uh, just press the button, uh, something will start beeping on the thing. I've, I mean, that's how it's been explained to me before, so then I'll know you need me. Now come uh, stomping here. Excellent. I take it, and then I wink at the trench coat man who has followed us here, and I say, this should not be Duguay's Island. I take one away from the other, right? Breaking up the pair. Pair, pair of what? Transponders, or... Is this walkie-talkies, oh. or... Oh, no, you have been given a, a single, uh, some kind of radio-transmitted device. It is literally a, a metal metal box with a red button on it. It's going to okay. push to send some kind of signal to the thing. Yeah. Excellent. I take it. All right. You have a strange piece of technology. <laughs> which which works, even though we're not at that technology level yet, technically. But that's how <laughs> this, this setting works. All right. Uh, well, since you mentioned it, sure, the, the large transcoded man has been following you all this time. Just... <laughs> you know, making sure uh, you don't pick up any any pairs of things on the way. He just stands there at a distance, looking at you, writing things down. You got a, you got a chaperone now, apparently. All right. Well, I say thank you to the man, and then uh, I say, so shall we enter the bloody inkwell? They say it is the only way to get inside the library. After you all. All right. I'll go ahead and go first. Uh, I walk inside. All right. Imagine yourself walking into a dusty bookshop. Uh, only everything is made of stainless steel and brass metal. Uh, there are some books in there. They are uh, they are chained to the walls with uh, with copper wiring and stuff like that. Um, and in the uh, the only person you see inside the shop is a well. To the say she's elderly doesn't really do her justice. She appears to be uh, almost a walking corpse. It is. It, we're talking. Pale, sunken in uh, skin, you know, scraggly strands of hair. Uh, as you enter, a, a little, a little metallic bell goes off, and she turns your direction. She's like, "Oh, yes, uh, welcome to the bloody ink well. Uh, my name is Miss Turner Turpin Shop, and uh, welcome. I am the proprietor of this little establishment." Well, hello there, madam. We're uh, Skirmish Jade and Cosmos. Uh, thank you for inviting us into your fine establishment. We were wondering, would you happen to have a copy of a certain book around here? We'd like to go to the Eternal, li Eternal Library, but, you know, we, we don't want to get lost, and you seem very knowledgeable. And I slide three pounds across the counter at her. Uh, she, she looks at the pounds, looks up at you, and a, uh, a slight little smile uh, creeps on her face. She's like, oh, yes, the eternal library. Yes, notoriously difficult to get into, uh, but also very far away. My bones are so old and frail. Oh, I don't know if I could, uh, I could uh, be able to afford all the prosthetic limbs I'm going to need for walking all the distance with just three pounds. I have something that will make you feel much younger. Is it more pounds? Because that usually does the trick. <laughs> I have something that you could not buy with all of the pounds in the world for all you know. You cannot obtain it. Except from uh, certain, uh, you know, it's not a, an obtainable thing, legally. 
I believe you have not been in Bastion very long, but go on, state your case. I slide a psychedelic mushroom across the counter at her. What is with you and psychedelic mushrooms all of a sudden? This is my item, my starting item. Uh, all right. It's the best thing I could have gotten, apparently. So you have like like a bag full of these things, or? Yeah, take a bag of psychedelic mushrooms, mushroom binge. Oh, all right, sure. Uh, so I say, have you ever been in an out-of-body experience? Free your soul. Let your soul fizz. Honey, look at me. Every morning I wake up as an out-of-body experience. But, oh, you're never too old to try something new, I guess. Uh, make a make a charisma save for me. Hey, there we go. All right, that was a one. Look, I'm excited about a one. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> In this game, natural twenties uh, are suck, and natural ones are great. It's you know reverse world. Yeah. Uh, she will uh, like a a a very wrinkly hand uh, grasps the, the 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 mushroom and the three uh, the three pounds, and she slides them across the counter into a bag. She's like, but I will save this for later when I, uh, you know, don't have to uh, escort such fine young individuals such as yourself to the library. Mm. And she like smells the mushroom a little bit. And she's like, you see her wet her lips a little bit. Oh, yes. Later, later. Oh, we will have some fun and puts it <laughs> somewhere on her body. I'm kind of glad know. she gets to experience like frolicking across a field of flowers in her mind. That's kind of I did a nice thing. Ah, I mean. I mean, she's like she's like ninety eight or something. She might, uh, you know, it might be the last trip, but who knows? That's not your problem. Anyway, I'll kill you. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Especially not one. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Actually, relatively safe. Their schedule one designation is not related to their danger to you or your mortality risk. It's uh, completely for other reasons. All right, I will take your word for it. And we will ap- apply this to this world and their mushrooms as well. Because I, I don't have more knowledge of mushrooms. Okay, so if you will just follow me, there are some preparations we have to make before we can go to the library. She, uh, she motions you to follow her and starts shuffling uh, ex- extremely slowly uh, to the back of the shop. You know, yeah, unless someone was like, pick her up and put her over there. It's going to be like 10 minutes before she gets there. I mean, I can do that. I can sling her over one of my three shoulders now. <laughs> oh gosh, what an experience! What a day! So, as we're walking, are are there a bunch of books on the walls attached by copper wire? You say, indeed. Do these books look uh, expensive? Well, you can look inside if you want to find out what kind of books they are. Uh, I'd like to, but I don't want to get too far behind. So kind of like a quick look as we go at each, you know, whatever's there. Um, They appear to be uh, relatively old uh, books. Uh, They may either be completely worthless and almost falling apart, or they may be like ancient lost tomes with, you know, uh, knowledge that is never found again. So they may be either completely useless or priceless. I'll go ahead and pick one. And cut the wire with my knife uh, secretly, if I can, and then stow it on myself, I suppose. All right. Make me a dexterity save to see if you can do this quietly. Uh, I I did not. I got a 15 and uh, my dexterity is a nine. All right. 
you do manage to cut the, the wiring, which is not very hard for you with your fancy new knife. But the, the copper wiring itself jingle jangles a little bit when it's uh, when it's moving. And uh, you you <laughs> luckily, <laughs> luckily, one of your companions has, uh, you know, taken the old lady and thrown, uh, thrown her over his shoulder. So she's not very free to, like, look around and see what that sound was. So you just hear her say, oh, hey, what, what was that noise back there? Is there someone messing with the books? Uh, you there, little little buckwheat person. Can you see what's going on back there? Oh yeah, sorry. I tripped over a book, and the whatever is attaching it to the wall got, got all jingly jangly. Sorry, I'm not very coordinated. I hope you don't mind. These legs are a bit new. Well, I do mind. You know how long it takes me to clean up around here? I move like one mile an hour. Come on. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. I'll be more careful. All right. Well, you've you've brought such a strong armed companion with you, so I'm not gonna argue. It's like, uh, all right, she, she directs you with her hands uh, to the back of the shop, and there you find a, uh, what appears to be a, a, a book rebinding um, installation. So, you know, that's what they do with old books, you know, take out take out the pages, put a new, uh, put a new cover on it, stuff like that. Uh, but there's also a large collection of what appears to be robes made of pages out of books. She's like, well, just go ahead and pick one that's in your size. What are these gifts, then? What? No, you you think about like a charity here? That's this is this is just to get inside, and after that you're returning them. Oh, why do we need to wear these paper robes? To get inside the library, of course. Oh, then I will go look for a robe and put it on. Do the other two also find ro- book robes that fit them? Paper robes. I'm kind of stuck robes. because I don't think there's going to be any that have three armholes. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any that fit over bulky armor? Oh yeah, there are. They are. Uh, they are very, very sizes. Some much larger than you, than like even the three of you on each other's shoulders. All right. So I, as I'm shrugging mine on, I'm looking for one that has a hole in it at the right place for an armhole. Well, they're made of paper. You can easily make a hole, but just stick your arm through it. Poof! Just like punch a <laughs> hole. Yep. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yes, honey. That that'll make it much easier for you with your uh, free hands. That's so. Oh, it's so exotic. It's thanks. It's new. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. What I'm not uh, not, not going to continue on that line of questioning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You, all three of you have fitted yourselves in robes made of uh, paper from books. You know, it's paper from books because there's all kind of letters on it. All the letters. <laughs> All right, well, since you're doing such a fabulous job, you mind uh, carrying me the rest of the way as well? Yeah, of course. I mean, I imagine I've just got her, like, fireman-style carrying uh, this whole time. I can take her wherever she needs to go. All right. She's, uh, she's, she's happy with that. You know, she doesn't, uh, she doesn't walk that much in her old age, so this will save her a lot of energy. All right. Uh, she directs uh, the three of you out of, her, out of the little uh, bloody inkwell busted bookshop. And under her uh, her direction, uh, you are led through the the piping, just a small uh, small way, about uh, two hundred meters, to a large cast iron and metal plated door. These are two of those large doors slapped together with a some kind of uh, red circle in the center. And as you approach, the circle lights up, and you hear a metallic voice ring out. Please stop for inspection. Present the papers. I'm going to stop and just, like, T-pose. <laughs> I assume these are the papers we're talking about. 
So is this a T pose with an extra, you know? It's <laughs> too. This is an F pose. Ah. <laughs> it's a well. It's a weirdly written F. Uh, the 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 little lady hops out of your arms and the saunters forward slowly but surely. She's like, "Oh, you big piece of metal junk! You know me. It's Miss Turbanshot. I've got all the papers you need." She presents like some some papers uh, to the to the lar- large red glowing eyes. She needs to kind of scan them with a red light and then uh, identify free objects. Yes, I'm just returning some books. And she points back to the three of you. I do my best book impersonation. Yes, please, please act like books as best you can. I'm just making myself very legible. <laughs> it's the best I got. I, I'd like to be a bodice ripper if I could. Like a very steamy novel. Sultry book detected. Categorizing as forbidden section. Perfect. That's what I want to be. <laughs> the 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 large red eye seems to scan all three of you, and uh, he, uh, after a while, after some processing, letters detected, books identified. You are free to enter Eternal Library, and the doors slowly start opening. And as you are about to enter the Eternal Library, we are going to take a short break. Joining us today are Jade. Ooh, the forbidden section. I wonder what is in there. Cosmos. Now with an extra arm. <laughs> and skirmish. I'm so excited that my impression of a book was possible. I've never done it before, but my acting career may finally take off once again. And we will find out more about that in the second part. Oh, oh before we do that, I have an announcement to make. So, if you fine listeners are enjoying this as much as we are, or even more if that's possible, please feel free to write a review of uh, the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. We'd love to read any review you'd submit. Uh, any character you choose could read it, and uh, we'll read it on air. And we'd just, we're glad you're listening. We're glad to be doing this. So, thank you very much. All right, the, thanks for that the skirmish. may not be read by the character you intend, and it is possible that we uh, may take a very long time to read it. <laughs> Legal right. fine That's print. The, the, the contract. <laughs> the little Fire. grasshopper, I didn't clean that. Fire briefing kittens for all your legal fine print and adventures. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Uh, Bye. Bye. We hope that you're enjoying this episode of the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast please leave us a review on iTunes.com. If you leave us a review, we'll read it on air. It's fun listening to the words of your review get read by the characters you know and love, so go to iTunes.com and leave us a review today. Can you think of someone who might enjoy this podcast? Please share it with them. Is their birthday coming up? A special anniversary? Would you like us to wish them a happy day on your behalf? You can arrange for us to read your shout-out on air at firebreathingkittenspodcast.com through our partnership with the website Buy Me a Coffee. Do you enjoy reading books? You can find paperbacks and ebooks based on our adventures on Amazon.com in the bookstore, Fire Breathing Kittens, that part's all one word, podcast. The authors do a great job of adapting the stories into fun novels. We also have official merchandise on redbubble.com. Imagine 
owning a notepad with the Fire Breathing Kitten logo on the front, or a t-shirt with one of your favorite characters. And lastly, I'd like to take a moment to sincerely thank all of you. We don't pay to advertise this show, so the only way we can grow is through the support of listeners like you. Thank you. Welcome back to Fire Breathing Kittens. Quick sound editor alignment. Puppet skirmish. Oh, hello, it's me. DM. Not a puppet. Three-armed cosmos. Dropping two elbows from the top rope. Skirmish. It's me again. DM. This is a normal world, I swear. And cosmos. The ropes that I can climb super well. (laughs) Take it away, DM. Alright, does anyone want to do a recap of what has been happening so far in this absolutely, totally normal adventure? (laughs) I see free hands going up. Cosmos, please tell us what happened. Oh no, okay. (laughs) Well, so we've arrived in this strange alternate, alternate reality from the one we all know and are familiar with. As twisted versions of ourselves, uh, crippled with debt. Like I said, this is an alternate reality. Um, we uh, All we know is that we are meant to seek out treasure in hopes of eliminating our debt, and we were going to do so by looking for a gentleman by the name of The Doc. The uh, Doc we ended up finding after doing a little shopping with an eyeball man. Um, the Doc informed us that he needed us to go into the underground library to procure a specific book for him. Uh, in the meantime, Cosmos was having a third arm attached to himself. Um, oh, also, we're in debt to the unpairers who don't like things being in pairs. So we've been very conscious of that the whole time, making sure that nothing on our person uh, is in pairs. Um, let's see, we were also given a side quest of getting rid of a sack. We got rid of it by just dumping it out on the ground. Um, found a really neat knife that cuts through metal. Uh, we used that to repair a robot, and that robot and the gentleman that drives the robot took us to the... Oh no, that's the one name that I didn't get down. What's it called? The ink... inkwell? The bloody inkwell. Bloody Inkwell, there we go. Um, Thank you for saving me. Um, (laughs) The Bloody Inkwell, where we met an old lady that has been helping us get into the Eternal Library, which involved a disguise and all of us dressed as books. And that, I think, is where we left off. That's my rambling description of... Basically exactly what's written on my notes. <laughs> I mean, it's it sounded all logical and uh, coherent to me, so I didn't see a problem with it. Oh, did it? Did it sound logical and coherent? Well, <laughs> all right. I'll take the compliment. You were indeed stood before a set of large cast iron doors with metal plating on them with a large red eyeball scanning device on it. It had scanned you and determined that you were books that were being returned by Miss Turpenshot, and it has opened its doors for you. You are free to go inside. Uh, pardon me, lady. Uh, would you like to come into the library with us? I mean, we don't really know where we're going. We do need this book. I don't know if I mentioned the title. Uh, the Lira del Rado? Redo? Sorry. 
Uh, please, please, let's go inside first before the doors close again. She motions you forward while she's uh, while she's going inside. Then I go forward. Me too. I follow. All right, you all enter the large steel doors as they slowly start closing again. And when you all make your way inside, with a loud bang, they shut behind you. And Miss Turpenshot uh, turns to you and says, oh, Wait, oh, I didn't have to go fast uh, like that for a long time. Oh, all right, you were saying something about a specific book? Uh, take those, take those, take those stupid ropes off, uh, by the way, I need those back. Uh, oh, okay, uh, I take the robe off and hand it to her. And then I say, yes, ma'am, uh, so th- there is a book we're looking for, and it's called something to the effect of uh, the Libra del Redo. Have you heard of it before? Oh, oh, I might have. It does ring a bell, but, you know, my memory isn't really what it used to be. Luckily, there's this new line of, you know, uh, memory-enhancing medicine that I would... If I would be able to afford that, I might just be able to remember it. And she holds out a hand to you. I'd like to give her a hard stare because uh, one of the things I can do is detect lies by just looking at her. So I'd like to look at her and give her like a, a, you know, a penetrating stare saying, are you sure you want to be doing this? You detect that she is being honest. She does appear to know where it is, and she does appear to be fully expecting you to pay her for her knowledge. Hmm. Well, just just come out and say it then. That's all right. You don't have to pretend that you forgot. Um, Do you like drippy sacks? We do have one of those. And I did say a sack. Sacks. Well, uh, I don't think I'm able to afford that good old memory medicine uh, with the drippy sex. I'm going to say no. <laughs> but if you have some spare pounds lying around, now that that might be uh, helping me dog my memory. Hmm? Sure we couldn't negotiate you down to uh, half a box of crayons? Okay, if you are wasting my time, I don't have much of that left. <laughs> I'm going to go. All right. I'm going uh, to slide over, uh, let's say, three pounds to her. She, she keeps holding out her hand. Oh, no. I'll give her another three pounds. Still waiting expectantly. And I had a psychedelic mushroom. <laughs> Honey. Get this lady turned. How much do you think my old heart can take? Like, one of these a year is about my maximum right now. Come on. <laughs> uh, she ex- she's expecting something in the area of about, about 20 pounds for that specific information. Oh. Yeah. Well, if you'd like, I do have uh, an old book that is very valuable, and I'd love to sell oh, it no. to you. Oh, no. All right. Which book do you produce? Uh, it's the book that I liberated on the way to this library with my knife. As you take the book out, please make a dexterity save for me. Oh, all right. Oh, no, that's not going to work. I got an 18, and I'm very sad about it. So, contrary to what's, what she has been showing uh, up, to, up to this moment, she suddenly moves with lightning speed, and the book disappears from your hand as she snatches it away and immediately stows it on her person somewhere. She's like, yes, I recognize the books in my own shop, dearie. Don't try to befuddle me. I may be old, but I'm not that senile yet. Uh, no, you have stolen one of his books. How could you? We have a theft of a book, I shout loudly. You shout loudly? Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, 
I'm going to sick the, the, what are they called? The crushers? The something the, on her? The hushers. hushers. On her. She has not checked out the book. She is stealing it. And I've still got my robe on, right? I'm still a book. Because I didn't hand mine back. Yeah, the only one who gave it back so far was Skirmish. Uh, so uh, I have a feeling I'm going to regret that. So Mr. Openshot just gives you a gives you a look and uh, opens a hand and drops the six pounds that you have given her uh, onto the ground and starts shuffling, uh, stuffing past you back to the door. And she's like, well, have fun with that. You know what they say, no screaming in the library, but you just uh, went ahead and did that. Well, I'm leaving and that's my cue. And she shuffles back to the doors and gives a gives a, a rhythmic knock on it, and the doors just slightly open, large enough for her to slip through, and they a clamp back shot again. I'd like to note that Kelly Vertanen wrote down the rhythm score of the knock. Sure. All right. And as you were slightly distracted by looking at the old lady, completely silently, a group of two individuals has appeared just beside you. They are dressed in fanciful uh, three-piece suits, and they are both holding what appears to be a small metal device that has about six different uh, speakers uh, connected to it. Uh, the speakers? No. Microphones. Sorry. Uh, so they are holding a device with a large number of microphones attached to it, and they are holding it around, and you hear a, a very, very soft, faint beep coming from it. But it's like, it's very soft. So uh, what I'm going to do, <clears throat> I'm not going to say any of this, by the way. This is just between you and me and just us, the players. Um, I'm, I'm going to pretend like I know some sort of sign language, even though I absolutely don't. And I'm going to start signing to these hushers like, hey, that lady was super loud. Can you do something about that? So you're just making hand gestures, basically? Uh, correct. Yes, I'm gesturing <laughs> to the door and then making what I assume like a, a sign for a lady that's old and then loud. All right. Um, the two uh, individuals, which you correctly assume are hushers, uh, step to very close uh, next to you and they go, I'm sorry, but we don't actually speak sign language. We just speak in hushed voices. So... I don't really understand your question. What was it? I uh, pretend like I cannot hear them, and I look confused, and then I, I point to to Cosmos like he's the speaker of us. All right, they uh, they, they move past you and uh, move towards Cosmos. Uh, Sir, is your companion deaf? Because he did not seem to understand what we were saying. Am I allowed to speak to you in a hushed tone of voice? Only a hushed tone of voice. We require... Only a hushed tone of voice. Got it. Yes. Yeah, um, would you be able to help us find something? I mean, maybe, but we usually just deal with sound disturbances. So, whatever you do, please don't make sounds unnecessarily, okay? Well, there's six pounds on the floor if that's worthy compensation for your trouble and time helping us find what we're looking for uh both the harshest like look around they, they see the pounds on the floor and they're like take a moment to look at each other and then one of them nods the other one uh stoops down and scoops up the the six pounds but he does it in a way that he, he only takes one pound at a time so the coins don't jingle together 
and just puts them in six different pockets. So once again, in the pockets, they cannot, you know, touch each other. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's that's a pretty nice bonus for us. Sure, we can, we can help you find some things. What do you want to know? Yeah, we're looking for, and I have this written down in my notes literally as Libra del something. Is is that also what you say to them, the Libra del something? <laughs> I'll say Libra del, and then I'll wait for somebody else to to save both the player and the character. Rado. Libra del Rado. Okay. Um. Yeah, that doesn't really ring a, ring a name, but there's a lot of books here, so we don't like know them all by heart but uh, you can follow us and we'll take you to you know somewhere that might be able to help you yeah is there like a directory or something like that that we can do you all subscribe to the dewey decimal system Uh, they they look at each other they're like yeah uh, a directory or something like that that's that's correct yeah perfect all right, they they start walking uh, down the the for now it's just a straight uh, metal lined uh, corridor but uh, if you start following them, then very soon it opens up into rows upon rows of uh, very highly stacked bookcases. Uh, there's also some desks, writing implements. There are small, like, robotic crabs that walk over the over the over the books in the bookcases, and they have like small dusters on their crab uh, crab paws, and they just while they're walking, they're dusting the books. And uh, it doesn't take long for all of you to kind of lose your way as you're going, you know. Left, 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 right, right, left, right, left, 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 right, and right. And you're eventually brought to a long row of bookcases with metal arms sticking out of them. Each of the metal arms are holding either a parchment or a quill, and they are scribing down things, they're grabbing things. And as you walk into this uh, into this hallway, uh, two of the hands like uh, face towards you, and they wave towards you as a sign of greeting. Uh, also, these don't make any sound, so their hinges must be very well oiled. I will wave back to the hands. Yeah, these uh, these are the, the scribbler arms, and uh, they uh, they know a lot of things. Uh, they record a lot of things. Uh, they might be able to help you. Uh, yeah, just to uh, see if they know what you're looking for. We gotta go- get back on patrol. Uh, whatever you do, l- like I said, no sounds. We are allowed to use deadly force if necessary. And with that, they leave you. Right. You guys were so quiet. I'm so proud of both of you. <laughs> are you saying that loud enough for them to hear as they're walking away? Or is it just you know, slightly oh, out of earshot? No, oh, no. I'm whispering it after they leave. So they don't. I don't want them to know that I can talk. Uh, oh, sure. Of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah, they don't seem to hear. Do they take any note of the fact that two of us are still dressed as books? Uh, they did not mention it, no. Okay, great. So we still got book disguises. <laughs> you have book For disguises. what that's worth. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Best disguise ever. Just, you know, dress made out of paper. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very, very specific disguise. So now that we're here with the scribbler arms... Uh, how do we ask them what we need? And as you're saying that to each other, uh, a, a, a hand with a piece of paper, another hand with a, with a pen, like come forward and, and around your shoulders and like hold them in front of you. Oh, uh, I suppose I will write my question or the title. And then I write down the book title. Where can we find 
the Libra del Rado, Rado, and I hope I'm spelling this right. And I, I write out, I hope I'm spelling this right. Please find books with similar titles that maybe not spelled exactly the way I'm writing. Period. All right. As you hand back your your written request, uh, the hands pass it on, uh, you know, down down the road to the back, and uh, this is all going silently. So you don't don't know what's going on back there. But uh, a kind of uh, disheveled looking arm with some some open uh, open plating and some wiring hanging out of it comes forward with a small sign that just says spare parts question mark. Is he asking me if I need spare parts? Or is he asking for spare parts? I don't know. It's up to you to infer. Hmm. I'll say he's offering us spare parts, and I will I will write yes, and then I will take out my little knife, and I'll start cutting the arm off. <laughs> All right. In that case, we are entering combat. Oh. Well, <laughs> oh, no. why are you going to offer like that, then? <laughs> Because with the the knife you have, uh, you start cutting off pieces. It just goes right through it. Like that, he's that, offering spare parts. That's yeah. the way I. Well, let's go ahead yeah, and fight. That'll be fun. That's fair. <laughs> I think we know who's going to win this combat. Uh, oh man! All right, so just chop them oh, in gosh. half. Yeah, thank you for oh, all gosh. of your parts. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. All right, so. Um, how common this system works, uh, unless there is something that changes uh, the the sequence of events. Uh, players always go first, then it's uh, the enemies. When you're on your turn, you can decide who you are. Well, there's not even your turn. It, you, you take a group turn, let's say. Uh, all of you decide uh, who to attack. You can attack the same target, multiple targets. If you multiple of you attack the same target, you roll your damage dice together and the highest number is applied as damage. You want to do this because high numbers are better in the system because armor is a thing that subtracts from damage. So uh, if you do multiple ticks of small damage, that, that might actually be completely blocked by armor. So a single tick of large damage is usually better. Uh, also, it helps to uh, disable enemies if they take a large chunk of damage in one go. All right. So uh, where you are standing now, there are about four of these arms that are close enough to you to reach you. So uh, they, are, they are either empty hands that just use their claw fingers to attack you or some of them have like large uh, inkwill pens with, uh, with, a, with a pointy end on them that they're going to use to attack one of them just has a book and he's going to smack you with a book but you're all up first these arms seem to have hostile intentions as far as you can read so just a, a quick point of clarification then the, the arm that I was uh, helping myself to with my knife <laughs> has it has it been disconnected completely, or is it just like, hey, what are you doing? I'm not going to attack you now. Uh, from the from the point where you were cutting it with your knife, it has been completely disconnected, indeed. So now there are four more of them. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. They're like, oh, no, you cut off Dave. How dare you? They don't say hey. that because they don't make sound. Hey, guys, look at all these spare parts they're offering us. <laughs> all right, what do you as a party want to do? You are free to choose your own targets or say, let's let's all pile onto one of these things at a time. It's up to you. Shall we remove the armless book? I, I believe so. Perhaps that's the book we're looking for. Let's go ahead and take that. Hey, let's find out what they are offering. Yeah. Only lead that I've got. <laughs> Instructions <laughs> unclear. Took our manned book. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, to attack something, you don't have to roll to hit. You automatically hit. You only roll your damage. So if you all want to attack the same thing, you can all three of you roll your damage, and the highest number is the damage that will be applied. Do I roll three times for my three fists? 
a yes you can roll three times for your free fist yes <laughs> i'm getting the most mileage out of this purchase oh yeah <laughs> oh that one was really good oh that one was even better there was really no point in me rolling a third time but i got a three five six there we go describe how you attack these uh this this metal arm with your free fist i guess just like well now i'm imagining the um the chinese jaeger from pacific rim just like a whirlwind of three arms going crazy nice nice all right i'm assuming a a flurry of blows hitting the hitting the arm uh with six damage it will make uh all these arms uh do not have any uh any hit points or armor so they just take their damage straight to their oh yeah i'm gonna explain how that works when you take damage in this game, first off, the damage goes to your hit points. If your hit points are reduced to exactly zero, you have to tell me because we will be rolling on the scars table and you get a scar, which can be positive or negative. But for those people with low, low HP, it's usually positive. If you go below zero, any remaining damage is applied to your strength. So your strength score is lowered, after which you have to make a strength save to see if you take critical damage from that. Critical damage would mean you fall to the ground and you start crawling and you're effectively out of the combat. Uh, all right, so uh, with six damage, this arm is going to take a roll because he's now at four strength and he rolls higher than a four. So the first arm is destroyed by your flurry of blows and clatters to the ground. There are three arms remaining who all of them will uh, go and attack. They will take the same tactic and they see you attacking with three arms. So they're going to attack back with three arms. So all three arms focus on Cosmos. Give me a moment. I'll take out AD6. All right, the highest roll is a four, so you take four damage as a trio of hands pummel you. I only have two HP. All right, so you take two damage to your HP and two damage to your strength, after which you may make a strength saving throw. Two damage to my strength. So I roll a d20 and I'm trying to get lower than my strength? Equal to or lower, yes. Equal to or lower. Yeah. That's a not. That's a 17. All right, being pummeled by two free fists is a bit much for uh, free-armed Cosmos, and he falls to the ground. He seems to be knocked out of this fight. Your two companions, however, are still in the fight. What would you like to do now that your companion has gone down? I just want to say, Cosmos, is this like your thing? A fight? <laughs> this is my thing, then... is I get in like one good <laughs> shot, and then I'm out. Sorry, sticking to your brand. Two episodes, two knockouts. <laughs> I would like to express disgust at those arms for hurting my friend. Oh, there we go. I make no sound, but I draw a gavel. Oh, all right. Uh, does that mean you want to converse with these arms and try to get them to stop uh, skirmish? Or do you also want to continue attacking? Uh, is talking to them a free turn? Can I say, hey, why do we have to fight? And will I still get to attack if they decide to attack? Or what What are the dynamics here you can basically choose one uh, course of action on your turn if you uh, try and convince them that will be your course of action for this turn but there is a chance that you can actually do that okay so i'm assuming since they were all pummel and cosmos they're all together is that correct they're pretty close together yeah okay uh jade do you have any ideas would you like to keep attacking the flat of my hand accepts the gavel and makes a small thwapping sound as I smack 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 the flat of my hand and then you know 
clutch the head of the gavel and I don't talk because we're in a library, but I think I've expressed myself. All right. Well, I interpret that as to be to be very loud because I'm not very smart. So I'd like to use one of my um, one of my mock bombs and I would like to throw one of the bombs at the group of them and have a small blast on all three. Oh, the best part is it's them making noise, not you. Right. It's like, hey, that was them. You certainly can. And they are close enough together that you can hit all three of them. Perfect. So what you would do is you would roll your uh, your damage just one time and it's applied to all of them. Uh, Jade, the one you are attacking, uh, you can roll. And if that roll is higher than the roll of the blast, then that's applied as usual. Four for your blast. Uh, Comparison. I got, I got a six. All right. Very nice. Then the six is the highest damage number. All three of the arms take six damage as a explosion rings through the, <laughs> the silent library. When, when, I, when I gave you this background and I saw that there were bombs in there and I knew we were going to a silent library, I was like, he's going to throw one of these bombs in the library. It's going to be great. <laughs> How right. did you know? <laughs> <laughs> Give players a bomb. It's not like they're not going to use it. All right. So I'm going to make three strength saves for the free hands. All right. Two of the free hands fill their save, so they take critical damage and are immediately knocked out. The last hand, having taken a lot of damage, uh, hold up, holds up his hand and displays his hands in like in like a peace sign, and like slowly backs away from you, as you are equipped with explosives and they do not like that. <laughs> All right, I'm willing to accept that. I see if Cosmos is okay. All right. So how critical damage works? You are knocked out of the fight. If you would have been left here alone, you would have been left to your own devices. You would have, uh, you know, eventually eh, ended. But since you have companions with you that can take care of you, they can get you back up. Um, uh, so basically to get rid of uh, critical damage, you just have to receive some kind of care. And that's sufficient enough, enough if your companions say, we take care of his wounds, that's all you need. And you are back up. Your strength damage still remains. So throughout the adventure, you will be getting weaker and weaker as you take more and more strength damage from you know fights, if you engage in more fights. Furthermore, uh, hit points are very fast regenerating in this game. If you have some time to just take a breather for a couple of minutes, have a swig of, uh, of some drinks, or you know, nibble on something which you have access to, uh, you just regain your hit points. And since you are not immediately attacked, you regain your hit points. Okay. So basically the hit points are a small buffer you have to protect your, uh, your strength in most combat situations. Your other two stats can also be damaged. All right. So each of you has regained their hit points. The arms have backed off. Um, but you're pretty certain that the sound of the explosion ringed out throughout the library, so you can expect some company pretty soon, probably. I would like to pick up the book that I think we freed from the arm and head away. You have one book, and you head away. As we run, I'd like to give Cosmos a hug and say, I'm so glad you're awake again. I give you a three-armed hug back. It's good you have a stretchy neck. You can stretch around the extra arm. Looks That's great. True. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the most soothing hug that has ever been performed. While while running, of course. Don't want to break while stride. Run. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You have to try not to get paper cuts, though, because I'm still dressed as a book. That, that's got to be quite noisy, I imagine. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's some rips and tears in your in your book cover, but you're still covered in uh, in enough of it to uh, still count as being a book. Uh, all right, you make your way through these uh, through these halls. You do hear uh, you hear some beeping sounds coming from behind you, uh, but you turn turn a couple corners and you can no longer hear it. 
So you are now somewhere in the library with no one to tell you where this book might be and no way to know where exactly you are. Good luck. May I please read the cover of the book I'm carrying? You may indeed. You have found the missing Book of Greggs. Greggs? Which like Greggs. Okay. Does it have a list of Greggs on the inside? This book contains a list of all the people named Greg in Bastion. It's a rather thick book, because Greg is quite a common name. Hmm. Some of the names are uh, crossed out as you're reading through it. Okay, I'm going to cross a name out. The name is crossed out. All right, and then I put it on a shelf. <laughs> All right, you put it on a random shelf. Oh, oh man. I think the people organizing the library are going to be so annoyed. It's <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. You're supposed to put that on the other cart. Nope. Ooh, you're a bad one. <laughs> I am literally a bad cop. <laughs> oh, no. All right. Do you have any ideas or plans to find the specific book you're looking for in this basically infinite library? I mean, first, don't we have access to the naughty section? I think someone got shelved there, right? Like, so don't you... Where's the forbidden it, section? Like, You can go look for it if you want. Huh. Weren't there uh, two other groups looking for this book also? I would think we'd see them or hear them or something. Uh, they are probably in here somewhere, but just for your imagination, uh, imagine like a, a royal library in like the, the 18th century and then, you know, 10,000 times it. That's that's the size where you're at. So even if there were a hundred groups here running around looking for books, there is a chance you might not run into, into any one of those. Hmm. I walk to the edge of the aisle and I look at the labels on the shelf end. All right. You see that you are in a section titled Books of Adventure. Hey, you guys, look, we are in this section called Books of Adventure. Only half of them are taken up by our exploits, I'm sure. <laughs> would, would you like to look for book titles of fire-breathing kittens? Oh, that's not what we are, right? We're not FPK in this world. I mean, you might be if you want to. Oh, those are fantasy books, right? Those are... Yeah, yeah. That's, that's fantasy. These books. are books that you can find at... Uh, we do actually sell books, uh, everyone, on... Uh, if you go to Amazon and you type in Fire Breathing Kittens podcast books, we have things like An Existential Crisis and The Kiss of the Seaweed Hag. Other books that you, you can read. We've got an audiobook, too. Nice. If I was better prepared for this, I would have now said... And you see a book titled An Existential Crisis and Kiss the Seaweed Hag with uh, a stamp of a fire-breathing kitten on it. But you don't recognize this because you're not part of fire-breathing kittens in this world. Yeah. We just, like, lift a bully good time off the shelf, look at it blankly, and put it back. Uh, yeah. So, does the shelf next to us also say adventure novels? Or, like... You see a dash line on the side of that one as if it's continuing the trend of adventure books. Uh, but a couple rows over, you see a new section that says advertising books. Do we know what kind of book we're looking for? We know the title, but what's it about? You know the title. Rados, do you want to go to our? I suppose. <laughs> it seems like we need help from a librarian. I would imagine the Eternal Library would have some kind of person we can talk to. I think you blew them up. <laughs> And as you're thinking slash uh, <laughs> talking about that, you hear... Doo -doo -doo. 
Do you require assistance finding one of the books in the library? As a soothing voice rings out from somewhere very nearby. It is uh, very easily, uh, very easy to understand, but the volume itself is still quite soft. Uh, as a matter of fact, we do, kind voice. Can you direct us to where we could find the Libra del Rado, or Redo? Not really sure. Ah, the Libra del Rado. Yes, I know it well. It is inside my collection, but it is part of the Forbidden section, so I must request what your reason for getting it is. Oh, well, you know, uh, we are improperly shelved books, and we would like to return to the Forbidden section ourselves, so we were using the Libra del Rado to find our way to the correct place. You can tell by, uh, see? See us? We are forbidden books. I just work here. I'm trying to put these books back. <laughs> I see. Two books and an employee. Well, I gotta make sure they find their correct place again. Please follow the lights. And you hear... And a small green light op uh, lightens up uh, on top of one of the bookcases you're next to. And then a slightly further one, another green light lights up. And then slightly further one, another one. Lighting a path for you. Let's follow the lights. Yes, would you like to follow the lights, everyone? <laughs> oh, books don't talk. I'm just following. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm just doing a little shuffle. Oh, yes, I'm pretending to carry these books that are much larger than myself. <laughs> Come on, here we go. As you're pretending, you, 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 you hear a small... <sighs> coming from the, the, the speaker that was talking to you, but nothing else. <laughs> and as you're walking, uh, lights keep going on in front of you and behind you they flicker off. So you are being led through this library. All right. If you keep following the lights, eventually you are brought to a ha, strange sight. Uh, you are led into a, a pair of uh, bookcases uh, that are emptied out from books. But they are filled with cans of oil, gunpowder... And there are several uh, fire starters uh, conveniently placed nearby. And then the lights that were guiding you, they end. Hey, uh, is that sack that we had empty? Because perhaps we could take some of these things with us to help us get out to this library. Oil, gunpowder, you know, they seem useful. You are free to take them if you want. I will take the sack and I will start filling it up. All right, you have one sack filled with flammable materials uh, and also uh, a couple of fire starters. Perfect. I would I would advise you not to put those together in the sack and jangle, jingle it around too much. Oh, that's a good idea. I tell you what. Um, hey, uh, Cosmos, you've got three hands. Why don't you carry the fire starters? Starters? And I'll carry the sack. Yep, works for me. Oh, so the books are speaking now. Oh, I was really hoping that that voice was gone. We are compatible with readers who are blind. <sighs> oh no, there is sound in the library. Guess the hushers have to come now. Oh gosh, oh dear. Hopefully they don't catch you. And you hear a small buzz and uh, a red light opens uh on the top of the, the, the rows of staircases you are in between now, indicating your location. All right, well, I've had enough of all this. So I'm going to take up my steel cutting knife and I'm going to start cutting all kinds of steel things and planting all <laughs> kinds of flammable things around these books, 
because I'm tired of getting the run around. So, hey, voice in the sky, please help us find this one book, because I would hate to destroy as much as I can. <laughs> voice in the sky is not my name, but please continue. All right, I'm, I'm still dumping oil everywhere and sprinkling gunpowder with reckless abandon. And I'm like, hey, uh, Cosmos, that's what I call my favorite book. Please light this stuff on fire. <laughs> Because fire doesn't make a noise, so the husher shouldn't have a problem with it, right? I think fire does make a noise, but sure, I'll go along with it. Anazi will be so offended by the noise of their books burning. I will remind you of two small details before you do that. You are covered in paper, both Jane and Cosmos, which is very flammable. And also there was gunpowder mixed in between the stuff, so there might be some noise. But you are still free to proceed as you wish. Mm, there would be some noise, that's true. Uh, what Jade is doing is actually not participating in the oil and gunpowder and etc. spreading. She's reading the spines of books to look for Libre Del Rado. And if there are section headers in this section, she'd preferentially read those. All right. So what you notice is as your companions are busily getting ready to torch the place... Um, you are looking around, looking at spines of books. There aren't many books in these bookcase, bookshelves because they were mostly filled with flammable material. You don't see uh, the book you're looking for right now. But as you're looking around, you see a small hole open up in the ceiling and a small... Uh, how, you, how would you say this? A small plate with uh, words and a directional arrow appears on it and it says, Forbidden Section. And uh, underneath in parentheses it says, Hint, Hint. And an arrow pointing in a direction. Hey, hey uh, my fire-loving friends, would you like to go this way? As I'm just, like, nearly <laughs> lighting a match. Wait, why why uh, are we not lighting? Uh, where are we? What are you What are you saying? This is the backup plan. This is the backup oh. plan, I think. <laughs> All right. Sure. You seem like you know what you're doing. I certainly don't. So I'll follow you. But if whatever you've got planned doesn't work out, we're back to burning this stuff down. Okay, and by the way, any book with a shirtless person on it, I'm I'm picking that up to read as I go. Oh, of course. It nice. is forbidden. This uh, this library has, seems to have a very large uh, fan collection of books with Fabio on the cover, <laughs> as they have several, several copies of the same books. Uh, this, they, they got this entire collection, and they're like, they got like 10 volumes of each. Yeah, right. easily findable. One for the road. Truly forbidden reading material. The no, you're not in the forbidden section, X. <laughs> oh, we're not in the forbidden. Oh, okay. Uh, wait, wait. Okay. All right. This isn't. This isn't even forbidden. So. Oh, good. Okay. Okay. I take a brand new yeah. copy for no particular reason. <laughs> so, as you're starting on your way and you leave your uh, large collection of flammable material behind, uh, you can see over the piles and piles of uh, oil, oil. Uh, oil containers and the kegs of gunpowder that are now stacked, you can see a group of... Uh, you see the same two uh, harshers that you saw earlier appear on the other side of the row of, uh, the row of bookshelves you were between, and they're like silently motioning you to stop. So, eh, but I'm assuming you're gonna go anyway. I'm too busy reading the Fabia book, because, you know, I would have taken the one we got the lady. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. It's exactly the same one, only the sex changed. I'm uh, following Jade and not making eye contact with the hushers. <laughs> I'm a book. 
does does the book follow their companions? <laughs> the book shuffles along. All right, all right. Well, assuming that they care enough about the library, uh, they will probably busy themselves with trying to clean away the flammable materials. Even though they're not on fire, they are still a fire hazard. So they'll they'll be they'll be busy themselves with that and be distracted for a while. Uh, as you're walking, uh, every couple of uh, about every twenty meters, uh, you hear another click, another small uh, small arrow comes out of the ceiling every now and then with. Uh, with a small sign attached to it that says, yes, you're still going the right way. Oh yeah, that's forbidden section. Woo, we're getting there. I think we are being directed to the exit, you guys, but I'm fine because I'm distracted. <laughs> I, I don't know which way to go, so that works for me for now. If, um, we'll figure it out. It's the best lead we've got. Yeah, yeah, there are always places to be stuck. Well, surprisingly enough, uh, the signs actually lead you to a, a set of golden archways with a uh, closed gate in front of it. And you see several books uh, locked behind uh, glass doors. So you can see the books, but you also see that they are locked away. Um, and uh, over the archway, it says forbidden section. Very much do not enter. Please, no. Uh, the last part of that uh, seems to have been scribbled on by hand, uh, probably recently. And uh, yeah. Uh, the gates do appear to be locked, but for some reason you were led to the forbidden section. So would you all like to get something interesting to read? We shall wait for someone to go inside. We shall ask them to get us a copy. No? I don't know. I am very intrigued by the things that I am holding. Fabia, she is making such choices. Oh. <laughs> such character development. Oh, wow. I'm just trying to figure out if I could sneak into the forbidden section and... It's saying I shouldn't go in. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what to do. And I don't. I did not pick up a book like you did, so you seem enraptured with what you're reading. I don't have anything like that. So I kind of want to go in, even though it says not to, but there's got to be a reason there's a sign that says not to. Well, the good thing about being made from felt is that you are very pliable, so you might be able to squeeze through, actually. I do also have my my metal cutting knife and I could just cut through are, you said there are glass doors so I couldn't have cut uh, the doors are made of glass so I couldn't but the, the the archway with the closed gates are made of, of made of gold so that is a kind oh, of metal indeed I would like to cut out a big chunk of gold and put it in the <laughs> sack because we got <laughs> debts to pay uh, may I also have one that is so, so kind of you Scamish you are the best Macaulay ever Oh, no problem. Yeah, I was going to say, while we're here, we might as well, let's take an extra second and let's, you know, sort of make this trip worth our while. Agreed. <laughs> Just as much gold as will fit in that sack. Uh, yeah, you start cutting up uh, cutting up the golden rods. They are quite easy to get with your fancy knife and you can put them in, your, uh, in, your, in a bag. One other interesting thing happens. As you cut through uh, the most right side uh, uh, gold... Uh, gold uh, pipe thing that's used to, you know, you, you know, you know what gates are like. You know how gates look. They're gold. They're cake <laughs> around metal things. Uh, as you cut it open, uh, it appears to be hollow and something falls out. You see a small blue box with a brown button on it fall on the ground. Hey, look what I found while I was cutting up this gate. <laughs> um, does it have any words on it? Nope. Do either of you like pushing buttons? I'm going to keep cutting this gate, and you can have this box. 
Okay. I push the button. All right. Jade, you are teleported to the other side of the gate as a, uh, let's say, can you imagine like an artist rendition of Jade, but it's an artist that has only gone to art school for like one semester. Yeah, that's, that's left in the place where you were standing over the button. So we have one teleported Jade to the other side of the gate, and we have a, a, a crude copy of Jade that is standing next to the box of the button she pushed. I lift my finger. Does the copy of me's finger lift? No, just seems to be standing around, look at the books, uh, picks out one of the Fabia books as well, starts reading it. Yeah, she seems cool. All right. After about one minute, uh, she falls apart in smoke. Oh. And the book falls to the ground. Am I still on this side of the gate? Yep. Oh. Can I throw the, the box toward Jade on the other side of the gate? Sure. I'd like to do that. Hey, Jade, push this again. I do. Uh, once again, you are. Uh, are you holding the box now as you're pushing it? Yeah. Sure. All right. Uh, you are teleported back to the other side of the gate, uh, still holding the box, and there is a cheap copy of yourself where you were standing before. Okay. So, I wave to myself. Slowly starts waving back. As you're holding the box, you can feel that there are some strange vibrations and energy in it. You have found yourself another oddity. This is the travel box. It teleports you a short distance and leaves behind a cheap coffee of yourself that slowly fades away after one minute. But there's a 25% chance that the copy is teleported instead of you. That sounds pretty good. Let's make copies of ourselves. Push the button repeatedly. <laughs> yes, I, uh, Jade, would you mind handing me that box? I do. Perfect. I would like to push it, let me see, one, two, four times. Oh, he's building a skirmish pyramid. You need another right. one. Three, three of the four times, uh, <laughs> you teleport yourself back and forth. The fourth time, uh, you you stay stay where you are, but uh, some distance away, a copy of you appears. There are now four copies of Skirmish that are in varying states of fading away. Okay. I tell the ones on my side of the gate, hey, make a run for it into the forbidden section of the library. I think there's some... Uh, let me think what they would like. Um, you don't eat... There's some new clothes at the end that you would really like. And so I imagine... <laughs> you think that you yourself are gullible and stupid? Well, the, yes, number one. <laughs> and number two, they're copies of me, so they can't be that much smarter than me. Well, one of them runs into the forbidden section. The other one runs uh, down the hall that you came from before. The other two stand there. Eventually, one of them sits down on the ground and then starts fading away. So... They may listen to your commands, or they may just do random stuff. Well, I just wanted to see if there was a trap that would be sprung if I were to run that way. So, so far, so good. Uh, can I push it oh, one yeah. more time so I can go back to the regular side of the gate so I can be with sure. my friends? All right, I'd like to be with my friends. And I'll say, uh, by now, you have had more than enough time to cut many holes in the fence, so there are openings enough for you to go through. Oh, All perfect. All right. I think it's safe. What do you think, guys? I think that the pound is not based on the gold standard, so we have some very shiny <laughs> useless metal. Uh, Cosmos, would you like any gold? <laughs> oh yeah, as much as we can, as much as we can fit. All right. 
I, I've imagined you cutting up most of this gate and just stuffing it in the bag. The bag is f filled and heavy with a gold now. It now counts as a bulky item for those of you that are carrying gold. <laughs> I imagine we've just got the m giant McDonald's arches stuffed into this thing, like cut up and... I was thinking yeah. McDonald's too. <laughs> <laughs> Golden arches. Deep in your subconscious corporate programming. <laughs> I was just, just thinking about that. <laughs> couple of days ago i was thinking about that but they must have used it in an rpg somewhere the golden arches in the distance the mcdonald's amps mcdonald's would you like to sponsor our show let us know <laughs> <laughs> all right so be sure to write a review and let us know if you went to mcdonald's uh when listening to this episode <laughs> so corporate sponsorship beside what would you like to do you have an uh, open passageway to the Forbidden section with all its treasures and glory awaiting you. I'd like to read the book titles. Uh, right. How big right. is this section? Is it rather large? Uh, it is It is a large room, but compared to the rest of the large uh, underground facility you've been running through, it's not that big. You know, okay. think about, uh, is that an American? Like 80 feet across or something. So, a, a large room. But in the grand scheme of things, probably a very small part of the library. And might not even be the only forbidden section. So, Jade starts reading the books. Um, well, they are readable because they are behind the glass doors. Uh, the first thing she noticed is that, let's say about 80% of all, uh, all, the, all the glass sealed cases contain books. Uh, other ones contain other things. Um, as you start reading books, uh, you see various different titles. Some are illegible, some are with strange runes and stuff. Uh, but pretty soon you do find the book you were looking for. The Libra del Rado. Yeah, it's in there. Sealed in a glass box. I would like to... Um, I should probably ask. I should get into the habit of asking before I act. Um, hey, friends. Would you mind if I took one of these golden uh, pieces and shattered the glass so we can get our book and we can get out of here? It's better than my plan. I was just planning on using my three fists, but well, if you'd like, if you'd like to break it, I don't, I don't mind. I mean, I'm no, not. I mean, I... my oh. But uh, you know, I, it... may I please examine these hinges? Yeah. Yeah. Go right ahead. DM, please describe the hinges. The hinges. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Uh, do I want to make this easier or harder? <laughs> we will say that it's com a completely sealed uh, glass box. Um, it does not appear to have a way to open it unless it is being shattered. There is uh, a small keyhole on the side of it, but there do not appear to be any hinges. So how this keyhole would open it, you do not know. Ah, and what's the wall made out of? Um, well, it's probably just, you know... Uh, uh, sure, I'll give you that. Uh, that that's that's just a metal uh, metal storage rack with nice square holes where the square glass cubes fit neatly into. You do not see any locking mechanism or anything. It's literally a keyhole into a glass box. You do not see if there's any lock mechanism attached to that. Okay, so are we looking at like you know when you're in a museum and there's like a diorama behind glass? Or like an mm -hmm. aquarium built into the aquarium wall where it's like the, there's the wall and then like continuing on, like if you were to run your hand along it, you wouldn't, you would just feel the change in material, but it wouldn't change like height or, or anything. 
Is the glass box continuous with metal, or is the glass box like a cube that's on a pedestal? Or It's a cube that's been slid into a, a rack, so it's not completely, you know, locked in there. You could just you could literally take the, the glass cube out of it. And how big's the cube? Uh measurements. Uh you can use metric. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> can I though? <laughs> Half a meter? Let's uh, just slightly smaller, 30 to, 30 to 40 centimeters on the side. Yeah, big enough for one book or something of appropriate size. So about a foot. Oh, this is very easily carried. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Skalmesh, why do you not just uh, cut the metal so that the glass box can be all moved and we can take the whole thing with us? Okay. Sounds good. I, I guess that'd be better than making a bunch of noise. So let's do that. We can always break the glass later, um, you know. Oh, and it's like it's already wrapped. I'm sure the dog would appreciate a present like this. Yes. Just, just to be clear, you don't even have to cut anything. There is space enough for you to slide your hands beside the glass cube and just pull it out. Yeah, you got a glass cube with the, the book you were looking for. You mentioned there's other stuff in this room. What kind of other stuff is in this room? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> you see several uh, objects in glass containers as well. There are uh, writing implements, there are scrolls, there are also uh, other things. Uh, two things that stand out to you are a stuffed T-Rex toy and a uh, eye floating in a small uh, glass jar filled with liquid that's on a uh, some kind of brass chain. So an, a necklace with an with an eye, basically. Is that jar open? Uh, no, the, the jar is, is, is closed with the eye inside it. Okay. It's sealed. I'm going to take... You know what? I've got three hands. Who's got the... Who's carrying the sack on them right now? Is it me? I thought it was you, but we can swap okay. around. Well, we can say I've got the sack on one arm, and then I'll take... I'll take the eyeball and the T-Rex in my other two hands. All right. I will say each of these glass cubes is a bulky object. Oh. You can carry two bulky objects per person without there being adverse effects. Okay. Do I get any bonus for having an extra hand? Uh, not in your capacity to carry bulky things. Okay. It's also so I weight. can only carry... Uh, does somebody else want to take the sack then? Well, I've got the book. You've got armor, correct? Yeah. Well, if you take two, I'll take the book and the sack. I mean, if you shatter the glass cubes, they're not bulky anymore. Hmm, you really want us to do that. <laughs> I really want us to make a whole bunch of noise. I mean, I'm just giving options. Hmm. I'm alright carrying two bulky things for now. Yeah, we can break it if we need to, but uh, we'll just walk a little slower. Yeah, as I said, you can uh, each, give, each of you can carry two bulky objects without there being any adverse effects. So you're fine? You're fine? Alright, is there anything else you want in this room? I think we're pretty well loaded up. All right. I would like to say to uh, the room, hey, thank you, Mr. Voice. You were very helpful. This was exactly where we needed to go. Would you mind showing us the exit? A different voice replies to you. Instead of the soft-spoken uh, female voice, you hear a gravelly male voice reply to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bunch of thieves, bunch of stealers looking for the exit. Well, good luck with that. And as you look around, you see on top of the the 
metal racks that the glass cubes are in, there is a man in a dirty trench coat uh, lying on his back smoking a cigar. And as he turns to face you, you see that one of his eyes has been replaced with a red mechanical eye that has a small laser coming out of it. It's like, you took the cases out without the proper clearance. Well, that means you're going to deal with uh, Blind Yorga. Good luck with that. I'm just going to stay up here where it's safe, all right? Blind Yorga? Alustalianite? Oh, no, no, no. I'm just one of the henchmen. Starry Knight is the, the, the system you've been talking to the whole time. Oh. She runs the whole place. Yeah, bit of a weird one, that. Okay, well, I guess I will start burning things. If you want me to stop, show me the exit. Everyone? Explosives and oil, eh? Oh, you start banging things. All right. Burning. You know, if you want us to leave, just show us the exit, and then I kick a glass case, like, to break it. You push the Goku button. You shouldn't have done that. As you break one of the glass cases, you hear a way too loud for this quiet environment uh, deep gurgling <laughs> sound coming from deeper in the library and you're hearing the sounds of very heavy footsteps crashing towards you and also the sound of falling bookcases and things breaking what would you like to do hmm. i would like to take that box again and push it about 20 times <laughs> <laughs> All right. In the span of a few seconds, you create 20 copies of uh, Skirmish. Uh, you are teleported a couple of times as well. Uh, most of the time, like you wanted. Uh, there's a large number of skirmishes in this room now. I would like to shout to all my fellow selves and say, Scatter! And just have them run everywhere. And break glass. Well, luckily you said 20. So I'm going to roll d20 and see how many of them actually scatter and how many just uh, don't really know what they're going to do. Seventeen of them scatter in all directions. <laughs> all right. <laughs> nice. All right. So, a large number of distractions uh, for the next minute are running around through the library as blind your guy is coming, crashing your way. Uh, the rest of you start to run, or do we still have the button to summon the robot? Yeah. Would one of us like to push that button and just see if a miracle occurs? The cab driver or the like, which robot? I'm imagining this cab driver oh, yeah. just like busting through the door like the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> At least that's what I'm really hoping happens. I forgot about that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I still had that. So I, I activate it. We would like a ride back now. Thank you. You push the button and as you do, a large crashing sound can be heard. Yeah. And the... On the left of you, uh, one of the say like like storage metal storage uh, compartments with glass uh, glass box in it comes crashing down, glass and metal shattering everywhere, and you see not the robot spider thing, but you see a massive stooped body uh, covered in words written on its naked bulbous flesh, uh, large muscly arms. Uh, this thing stands about four meters. That's about twelve feet tall. Uh, is about the size of the the books, uh, the top of the bookcases here, uh, and you see the man that was lying on his back smoking a cigar, like scramble up and go like, "Oh shit, I'm out," and just run on over the top of bookcases away. We are now an in initiative. Oh no! As you have managed to summon Blind Yorga. Hey, hey, you guys! 
climb up to the top of bookcases and then up from one to the other because this person, being the same height as the bookcases, must run along them down the bookcase aisles and we can run perpendicular to the bookcases. Okay, everybody, there you go. There's a plan. Good luck. Okay. <laughs> Good luck. I'd like to go ahead and shatter the cube then. I mean, yeah. at this point, yeah. shatter, put the book in the, the sack and then put the sack over my, my shoulder. Sure, I'll allow you to do that. Any more uh, glass cases being shattered? Yeah, I'm definitely shattering the T-Rex and the eyeball. All right. As you grab the T-Rex and the eyeball with your hands, you can feel a strange vibrating energy inside them. These are both oddities. Would you like to know what to do? I would love to know what these do. I'm picturing right. a T-Rex as a T-Rex grenade, and you pull the pin out and throw it at blind Yorga. It inflates like one of those inflatable T-Rex covers that has tiny arms and giant head. And then it bobbles up and down as it bites them. That's the best. I could what, what? never have imagined that that is what it would do. But if that is what it does, that's incredible. What do we say about making guesses? They're lots of fun. They and make they a are. fool out so, of you and me. The eyeball on a chain is not an eye of Newt. It's an eye of cute. Uh, if you wear this glass eye around your neck, you appear to be an adorable little puppy to everyone around you. Whenever you encounter a canine while you are wearing this necklace, you get the mentality and instincts of a dog for a short while. Sick. The stuffed T-Rex, on the other hand, if you look uh, look on the on the side of it, it has the name Reximus Maximus written on it in crayon. <laughs> if you say this name three times out, li- out loud, the stuffed animal becomes an actual T-Rex, with all the consequences that will entail. At this point, I feel like we've reached uh, stage effort. So uh, a T-Rex <laughs> is not is not really a problem in this scenario. Well, not uh, for anyone uh, except playing yoga. Uh, uh, in counterpoint, <laughs> um, I'm small and I look like food. <laughs> I would like to run very far before you say anything. I'll give you all one round. <laughs> Before I hit the panic button. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Skirmish, you're running away on your turn, I'm imagining. Uh, I'm going to take Jay's advice, and I'm going to try to climb the bookshelves with this extremely heavy sack of gold, um, and then try to run across the bookshelves. All right. Jade, what are you going to do? What are you planning? Climb. Jump. Horizontal, perpendicular movement. All right. And Cosmos, you are waiting your turn to give them some time to uh, move, I'm assuming? Yeah, and I'm going to start moving in kind of the opposite direction of them to try and lure the giant monster into the waiting arms of my soon-to-be giant monster. Well, you don't have to be holding it, do you? Do you just have to say the name? Um, Unclear. Yeah, leave well, it where you were, and then join us, and then shout behind you. Also, no you. more passing out the first round of battle. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's tradition at this point. If the T-Rex kills me, it kills me. <laughs> that's a, I mean, that's, a fair. that's fair. So are you leaving the T-Rex behind, or are you, are you holding on to it? I'm going to hold on to it. I'm going to hold on to it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run in the opposite direction to hopefully lure the creature away so that once I start my distraction, I can rejoin the party. Wait a minute. All right. 
Skirmish and Jade, please make me strength saves to climb the bookcases. I got a five. I got a ten and my strength is eight. All right, so I'm assuming your strength is higher than eight, uh, Skirmish, right? Oh, yeah, it's it's, uh, 13. All right. So you easily climb the bookcases. Uh, Jade has a little more difficulty, probably because the heavy armor and the shield and all the stuff. So you're uh, you're on top of the bookcase and start running across them while Jade is still about halfway up there. Uh, Cosmos, since your intention is to distract the large monstrosity, the literal anti-literate horror, it's a great title, uh, it does indeed follow you as a distraction, and he will take one attack at you. Here we go. Again. Don't do it, Cosmos. <laughs> Don't worry, he only rolls a d10. Wait. Yeah, no, it is. I wasn't wrong. You're in luck. He rolls a 2, so he deals 2 damage to you. That's still exactly how many hit points I have. That is fun, because then you get a scar. Nice. Alright, so, this is fun, because I can... uh, I like the scar mechanic. It's one of the more elegant pieces of design in this uh, game. So... This is how it works. If your hit points are reduced to exactly zero and there is no leftover damage left, you gain a scar. In this case, the amount of damage you took uh, that brought you to zero. So, two. We go to the scars table. Uh, entry number two says, shaken nerves. You stammer and shake as you are rocked, you know, from the blow of this large creature. After you take something to calm your nerves, you may reroll your maximum hit points on a d6 and keep the result if higher. So, scars make oh. you more um, hard than you. You know. Yeah. As you uh, take more and more hits and you progress higher and higher in the scars table, you can gain more and more hit points, even more than the D6 limit that was before. So it's pretty fun. All right, so your stammer and shake. I will leave it up to you uh, if that interferes with your ability to properly speak the words you were going to speak. All right, let's start this second round with Cosmos because he has the most interesting thing to do. I was going to leave it up to you whether stammering and shaking meant that I could repeat the same words three times. I just want uh, to hear you say it in a fun way. Reximus Maximus Reximus Maximus Reximus Maximus. And as you say the magic words, the stuffed animal in your hand begins to shake and grow, and it grows into the size of a massive T-Rex, uh, even larger, far larger, in fact, than uh, Blind Yorga, <laughs> since T-Rex were like what thirty something feet, uh, I think. Anybody know? like 10 meters yeah that's about 30 feet all right cool it's about uh, three times the size <laughs> of blind yorga oh dear you are now faced with two giant monstrosities uh and uh of course we're gonna do a uh, a scene from uh, pacific rim as the two of them clash against each other ah focusing on the two largest targets because they are the largest threats unfortunately being next to two titans fighting each other is not completely safe either so i'm gonna need you to make a dexterity save so, first, am I rolling for the amount of HP that I'm getting back, or am I at zero right now? Uh, as soon as you take something to calm your nerves, your scar effect go- goes in where you can roll again. Okay, so I don't so, think I've been able to take anything to calm my nerves, so... I think you're still in a pretty much... I think I'm still nervous. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. I'm still stammering. All uh, right. So, I'm making a dexterity save? Yep. That is a four. All right. You managed to dodge the falling glass books, giant feet... Uh, Blind Yorga being thrown around because definitely not going to win from an actual bloody T-Rex. Um, all right, and you are free to move away. Meanwhile, Jade, can you make me another strength save to climb the rest of the way of the bookshelves? Again, higher than my strength. 
All right, so with a little bit of effort, uh, you managed to get all the way to the top of the bookshelf, but that's about your turn. Mm. Meanwhile, Skirmish, I imagine you're just sprinting along top of the bookshelves? Um, I, I, I was thinking about that. I'd like to do so quietly, because I just realized, well, he was he is blind, so he's probably relying on hearing. But then again, there's a giant T-Rex right next to him, so he probably won't hear me anyway. So yes, I'd like to run away from that. Yeah, there's there's a lot of sound coming from behind you. They, they are not going to hear a, a small stuffed person uh, running over the bookshelves. Yeah, uh, this, the sound of this battle is uh, more than enough cover for all of you to make your escape while the largest large number of harshers inside this facility converge on that location. Um, all right, you have uh, created some distance between yourself and uh, the monster fight. Uh, I imagine you find yourselves uh, together again, uh, maybe with uh, both Jade and Skirmish at the top of the bookshelves and uh, Cosmos on the bottom of it, like, hey, hey up there, hey down below. Before I rejoin everyone, is there a little moment I can take? Is, is that okay? Sure. Kelly, I would like to know, is this your Evan? <laughs> is this the, the small scribe person that lives in your pocket? Uh, yeah, and she can only write. She can't talk. She can't do anything. Uh, I will leave it up to you uh, if if you want to leave your companion here to uh, to remain in the world of books or what what her desires are. She's all yours. I gotta be kind to my people, you know. I mean, she's worked really hard for me for a really long time, but um, this is her happy place, so I'm gonna just leave her here, but way away from the Tyrannosaurus. And the, obviously, this is just before I meet up with everyone else. And I like, I don't know find a section that she would enjoy and say, I will miss you Kelly Vertanen, my old friend but I know you are better here. She, she scribes a thumbs up symbol because she does not speak. You will you will get along perfectly with the people here do not associate yourself with me I know it is out. I miss you Emoticon with hearts in the eyes <laughs> and then I say goodbye to my old friend forever <laughs> You you don't see or hear it, but she's she's waving a piece of paper behind you like a like the white handkerchief, like goodbye, goodbye, <laughs> but completely silent. She'll fit in. She'll fit right in. She's completely yep. silent. <laughs> All right, you have left your uh, your your scribe to uh, enjoy her new life. As I don't know, she's gonna have her separate adventures as a small person in the large bookshelf world. All right, the three of you join together again. Um, Somewhere, somewhere in the library, you still have no no clue what the layout is here. Uh, the sounds of monster battles are far behind you, still he- still hearable because the, the library is very silent. And well, there's one other sensation that hits you. There's there's a smell in the air. It's the smell of smoke. Did either of you start to fire? I was too busy running to notice. I remember threatening to start a fire. I I believe we all did. You did earlier. There was some smoke from what you were doing in, <laughs> with the explosion. I mean, really, like when have you not started a fire today, you guys? That's true. <laughs> we will uh, we will leave it up to the fates whether or not it was Cosmos that actually started a fire. But somebody started the fire, and it's pretty much raging. You can uh, you can see smoke billowing uh, from some of the bookcases off in the distance, and you can smell it in the air as well. You also, uh, for the first time since you're here, uh, hear uh, loud voices. They appear to be like, you know, being jubilant and in celebration. You're like, woo, 
yeah, books are bull, BS, yeah, woo. Uh, off in the distance somewhere. I say we go toward the loud voices and yeah. away from the fire, hopefully, if that is, uh, both can be accomplished at the same time. I think the loud voices are the cause of the fire, and because Kelly is here now, I have to defend this place. So, <laughs> let's go stop these terrorists. All right, you can quite easily follow the sound of the voices since there's, you know, not many other sounds coming around uh, from around you. Uh, turning a bookcase, you see that there is indeed a fire started. Uh, so you see a uh, a group of uh, quite young uh, individuals. You f- you think about uh, sixteen to eighteen, uh, standing around a bonfire that's made of made of books. There is uh, some of the burning material that you had left behind, but not all of it. It's not the same row where you planted everything, so it's not directly your fault. Uh, but they are you know, singing, dancing like, like yeah, down with the library. They oppress us. Uh, uh, and you see a group of the Hushers uh, approach them, and they start a fight. Uh, the Hushers seem to be quite outnumbered. Would you like to help them or something else? I'm going to vote that we just dip. <laughs> I would like to help save Jade's friend, but I don't know what that would look like. I don't think helping the Hushers would do it, but the fire needs to go out. Not sure how to do that in a place filled with books. Unless there's a book on firefighting. We can... We can generate a lot of copies of ourselves and then suppress the fire, stamping out the oxygen by making a mound of bodies. Sounds great. And I take the box and I just start pushing the button. <laughs> All this right. time about 30 times. Yeah, I just keep going. I, I, I'm like, push, 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 push with you. And like we, we're like, if you've ever seen mochi being made with two mallets, oh, yeah. taking turns... We're just spamming, and probability-wise, some of our copies have our intentions, too, and are going to, like... Because they're disappearing anyway. They're going to, like, you know, why not? Me, seek, cover the fire. I was, I was going to say, it's it's very quickly turned from the travel box to the me, seek box. <laughs> um, and even if they don't listen, you still have a free-armed companion that, that's that's quite physically capable of, you know, pushing people, uh, <laughs> you know, copies, uh, you know, as a human blanket. <laughs> I can herd them. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a that's a that's a pretty good plan. I was like, oh, well, I don't know, they're gonna do that, but yeah, yeah, I'll, that that'll work. Uh, while the while the <laughs> rebelling youth and the harshes are distracted by fighting each other, you you find an opportunity to you know throw heaps of copies of yourself onto fire, and even though some of them disappearing, just just keep throwing more copies on there, you know, and uh, eventually uh, eventually the fire starts going out, just smothered in. <laughs> semi-disappearing bodies you know chemical fire other types of fire book fire you gotta smother those yeah yeah it's that always works yep <laughs> i agree uh don't don't take our fire safety advice <laughs> do not try this at home we are not trained firefighters oh and if you're ever going to put a lid on a frying pan don't put it from above put it from the side so that you don't push the fire out of the frying pan up onto yourself slide it from the side onto the frying pan don't take our fire advice fire breathing kittens we don't just start fires we know how to end them but not legally liability wise (laughs) consult a fire professional if you have fire questions we're not that yeah get a fire extinguisher for your kitchen yeah (laughs) I'll just remain silent for that whole bit I don't know nothing about fires (laughs) just how to start them (laughs) alright yeah (laughs) so now that the fire is out um 
I would like to continue with uh, the the plan where we dip. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. 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 Bye. Yeah. All right. And as soon as you make your intentions known that you want to get out, once again, small signs come out of the ceiling with exit this way. Come on, let's go. Definitely the door. Close. All it took was a Tyrannosaurus for you to decide. So, okay. Thank you. Exit. <laughs> Follow the signs. Thank you for negotiating with us today. <laughs> uh, as we exit, I would like to find an equivalent book to what Jade was reading earlier. Because it looked very exciting, and I would like to be uh, excited. Uh, well, as has been stated, they have a large number of volumes uh, with the Fabio slash Fabia character. So you will definitely be able to grab one on the way. Yeah, Fabia, I, I would prefer. That's just my preference. There, there's also a couple of them with both of them on the cover. <laughs> I don't think I'm ready for that. Those are for me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank so you, you very you, much. I'll be having that. Um, <laughs> All right. So each one of you is equipped with their own copy of Fabia slash Fabio slash Fabia and Fabio. Uh, in Insert generic romance fantasy novel uh, title. I, I don't know what they're called, but yeah. Hey, man, they outsell all the other genres of books combined for a reason. <laughs> oh, I, I know. I believe it. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Fabio is amazing. Anywho. <laughs> Following the signs, you make your way out of the Eternal Library. As you exit it, you hear a small voice from a speaker go, Oh no, all the fires. Oh, and look now, the fire extinguishers are going away. Ah, gosh, that's oh, that's a shame. Oh well, bye. And the doors close behind you. Uh, and that's the moment where... Tom, 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 tom. Your mechanical spider carriage comes walking up to the front of the door. Hey. <laughs> I received your uh, your signal and I came as fast as I could. You know, there was a lot of uh, lot of tunnels on the way, so it took a while, but uh, I'm here. Glad to see you're all okay. Just drive. Right? Just drive. Just, <laughs> I'm yes. just corralling oh. everybody in. Oh. Oh, we need okay. to, I'm, we have to leave. I'm going. <laughs> putting, putting it in overdrive. It's, it's going like one mile an hour faster or something. It's, it's mechanical spider legs. They don't have that much extra, you know, speed settings. And on your, uh, yeah, on your mechanical carriage, you are led out of the underground, back up to the streets of Bastion. And uh, yeah, you have the option of either delivering uh, the book back to uh, the dock or going to the galleries of Vault and delivering it to the patron yourself. I'm a fan of cutting out middlemen and going directly to the client. Is that fine with everyone else? I'll go with it, yeah. Yeah. I would like to All test right. something. Sure, sure. On the way, can I read the Libre Libra del Rado? Sure, you can. Sure, you can. Uh, so I'm assuming you're instructing your your driver to go. You know, the galleries of fault. And he's like, oh yeah, no, I uh, I know where it is. I'll I'll get you to there. All right, hit up. He, he does the motion where he slaps the reins, but there are no reins. But somehow it does work, and the carriage gets going again. So the Libra del Rado, it is a Spanish cookbook. A forbidden Spanish cookbook. If only I still had my scribe, I could make a copy of this. <laughs> uh, um, I'm gonna flip through the pages first to see if anything falls out, and then I'm gonna let like lie the book open flat and see what page it opens to. 
All right. As you're flipping, uh, flipping through the pages, something does fall out. A, a small piece of paper. Well, it's just a regular, regular. Uh, what would be in America? Let letter-sized paper. Just a, a single page. That's letter, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Falls out and onto your lap. It is a blank piece of paper, but as you're holding it, you feel some strange energies inside this paper. You have found Paper Promises, a oddity. Would you like to know what it does? Sure. All right. Any deal or promise you write on this paper disappears after an hour. Anything else written on the paper stays. That's it. You know the letter of the law, the exact explicit agreement? We will not bid to deliver this. I pocket it. Oh, Indeed. right. Simply the book, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm going to write down. Okay, so I, I lay the book open and I see what recipe it opens to on its own. Like, what was the best one? Oh, if there's any like food on any of the pages, I'd like to know what pages those are. Okay. So what page does it fall open to? And is there any like tomato sauce on any of the pages? Uh, there is no tomato sauce on the inside. This, the book appears to be in very pristine condition. The page that falls open to is... Del Fuego del Diablo, and it appears to be an extremely hot, spicy dish that might be dangerous for your health, and so should probably be forbidden. I'm going to write that recipe down before we get there, and just that one. Sure, sure. I have fire poison. <laughs> Don't know if your character can read it, but you can at least copy the words. All right, so you are brought to a very tall, very handsomely looking, large... Uh, Mostly made of glass, uh, skyscraper building. There are some uh, nice fountains in front of it. It's very, very art decor. Uh, there's some uh, people in, uh, in in ropes with fancy bourree hats walking around. Um, hey, also DM. Yeah. Okay, so I also want to like peel the cover off and stick it on the Fabia book. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like how it's like we're, we're so close to just, you know, just finishing this. And we're like, you know, let's let's just take another gamble. Let's take one more chance to, to you know, throw it all away. But well, sure. <laughs> if you'd like, we don't have to go directly to the client. We could stop somewhere and have somebody copy this. Oh, we could have somebody cut something off like the book cover and stick it on like the other cover. Or just the whole binding. Just take the inside out and put something else. Yeah. Whatever you like. I mean, we've got a lot of gold. All right. <laughs> Side trip. We make a copy of the book and we put the book's cover on the romance novel after I'm done reading it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got another uh, Fabia book. You can borrow that one, too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was out of things to read. <sighs> so now the... Uh, Libra Del Rato has a Fabia cover and the Fabia book has a Libra Del Rato cover. And neither has the paper uh, promises. Yeah. Oh, and boy. we have a copy of the Libra Del Rato. Does jail exist in this world? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for some offenses, yes. Okay. <laughs> for just others, a, you know. <laughs> just predicting our future, that's all. All right, so so you have three books total, I, uh, I'm, I'm assuming. So you have a copy of the original text, you have the original text with the cover taken off and the cover of Fabio put on, and then you have a Fabio book with the cover of the original text put on it, right? And 
Skirmish has a Fabio book for me to read later, and Cosmos has a Fabio and Fabia book. Correct. That's just for me, though. <laughs> DM, DM's taking a quick pause. Just have a, have a slow sip. Just a slow sip. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you give, them, you give them a finger, they take your hand, they take the arm, you know. <laughs> They take the second arm that you bought from a weird doctor. (laughs) (sighs) Hey, that arm can hold up the book for you as you read. Yeah, it could be like turning the pages with one hand, holding up the book with one hand, and then I got like a glass of wine in the other. Cosmos has his knife figured out. (laughs) Yep, yep. All right, I think we're good. All right, so... With armed with your large collection of copied, non-copied, changed, altered books, you arrive back at the galleries of vaults. <laughs> your uh, cab driver's like, uh, "Okay, is this the last time we're going here? Do you need another stop? Do you want me to keep going back and forth? I mean, uh, am I done?" I think we've complicated it enough, so I'm I'm happy where we're at. All right, thanks you for uh, taking Spiderleg Taxi. Hope to see you again, but not too soon. Bye. <laughs> Does that fulfill the contract? Sure. Ah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I, I guess I give them like a hunk of a golden arch. Here's a tip. You uh, will happily take a chunk of a golden arch, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Just all the strange loot. Oh, love it. So you enter into this very well-made, uh, mostly glass, but also, you know, they're still metal and stuff, but they want a lot of glass because there's a lot of light. Uh Inside, you find there's a lot of paintings on the walls. There's, you know, more fountains. There's a lot of fountains, like like fountain on top of a fountain, like going up three stores, stuff like that. Um, there's a receptionist who sees you enter. And she's like, ah, yes, welcome to the galleries of vaults. Um, are you one of the groups that we were supposed to expect with some kind of book? Uh, yes, uh, this is my puppet and my puppy. And uh, I am here to... <laughs> you're, you're wearing the necklace. Person, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. There's some nodding. Wearing the necklace. I am wearing the necklace. Does the dog have an extra arm? <laughs> <laughs> the receptionist goes, "Oh, look at that puppy. Oh, he's got an, he's he's got five legs. Oh, that's uh, oh well. How good of you to uh, to take in a uh, a, stri- a different breed. Yeah, yeah. Dog oh, with oh, five nice legs and a lucha mask." <laughs> Get me that fan art. Somebody, do it. <laughs> They're pushing me. They're pushing me so hard. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I will give you I will give you the extra arm. I will not give you the Lucha Lucha, Lucha, Lucha uh, mask. Okay. I mean it's there's a limit to the kind of magic this thing can pull off. Come on. <laughs> oh. Alright, so uh yeah. Uh you are you are guided to one of the elevators in the back. Uh, it has one of those uh, guys in like you know a red outfit with the cap on. It's like yes, uh, all right, top floor, top floor, all right. Push a couple of buttons, buttons, and starts pulling on a on a lever a couple of times, which pushes up power somewhere or either hydraulics, and eventually the lift starts moving upwards, and you go all the way to the tippy top of this large skyscraper. So. As you take the elevator up to the top of the galleries of Fold, the doors slide open and you step out into an enormous round room, filled with paintings, books and flowing music. In the center of the room is a marble table with an object on it. 
As you approach, you see a large screen behind the table flicker into life, revealing a pair of pixelated eyes and a mouth. The light on the screen reveals the object on the table, a glass bottle filled with fluid containing a beating heart. The pixelated mouth speaks. Welcome, dear associates, to the galleries of Volt. I am Voltsman, and as you can see, the rumors were true. I am indeed a heart in a bottle. Ah, the heart, most precious of organs, container of love and emotions. No matter what those pea-brain scientists think. Well, enough chit-chat. I believe it's time for business. You should have something for me, hmm? I take out the book whose cover says Libro del Rado. It is a fairly new book, so the... I mean, it's newly bound, at least. So the cover stays fast and doesn't, like, flip open and reveal that... Well, I guess it's hard to read text from a distance either anyway. But, uh, yeah. And I'm like, I have come with a Libro del Rado truth ah excellent excellent that is wonderful please as you can see i'm currently not having many arms attached to me so can you just put it on the table next to my my heart that'll be great of course oh one question i am a little concerned that you you seem more vulnerable than other people this book may be dangerous to your health why did you want it ma'am do i look like i'm gonna be eating any of the recipes in this book i have no mouth only a pixelated one. Do not worry. I will not be trying any of these recipes. Well, I might be trying them for some other people. They will be interested in eating this. But I will not be eating them myself. Do not worry. I am quite safe. Hey, Jade. I know I'm just your puppet right now, but would you like to ask him for the payment? Yeah. <laughs> uh. I could do it if you'd like. And the question is, I mean, is it it's not Jade. It's Evil Jade. She gives you the Fabia-covered book. Oh, all right. And says, and maybe please receive payment, too? Yes, yes, of course. Pounds for pounds. I'll be sure one of my assistants will be able to, uh, will be able to, uh, able to, oh, gosh. Oh, oh. my heart. What have you brought into this room, Ness? Some kind of strange, strange electrical current running through. Oh, something is wrong. I feel. Uh, I feel. So. Your visions start to blur as a wave of vertigo washes over you and you feel yourself falling. 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 Until you wake up to a large glowing brain in a jar. By my big, big glowing brain, a success. I knew it. I never doubted it. Dimensional resonance is possible, and with three out of three guinea pigs, uh, I mean volunteers surviving nonetheless. Once again, the fire-breathing kittens show their tenacity and corporeal stability. Please, my dear friends, what did you see? What was on the other side? As you find yourself back into your own bodies, in your own world, on a couple of uh, tables inside uh, Boltzmann's laboratory... Your heads are covered with, uh, with strange electrodes attached to it, some metal devices as well. Uh, his, uh, his, his, his assistant, Mr. Langley, uh, starts taking those off so you uh, can move around more freely. It's like, please tell me, what was on the other side? Did you go to another dimension? Another world? Different time periods? What was it? It was interesting, I'll tell you that. Um, I was like a puppet, and I wasn't myself. I was burning everything. <laughs> Everything kittens never do that. <laughs> well, it's true. Uh, I feel there was a lot of gold we had, and uh, we didn't have it now, and I'm a little bit sad about that. 
No gold, you say? Well, I won't have anybody saying that Boltzmann is not generous to his fellow scientists. I'll be sure to properly recompense you. But please, sit, tell me, tell me all your ex excited adventures and all the things you saw out there. And as you uh, sit for a moment and talk with Boltzmann about the adventures you had in a different reality, a different time, a different dimension, who really knows? Slowly but surely, these memories start to fade away little by little until there's only some fragments of them left. And you start to wonder, was it actually real? Was any of it actually there? And then you feel something in the palm of your hand. And as you open Skirmish, you have a small box with a brown button on it. Jade, you have a piece of paper. And Cosmos, you have a amulet with an eye in it. Proving that, in fact, some of it was real. Hmm. And as you are all rewarded with big sacks of gold as well, where we'll get into later, this will conclude our session of fire-breathing kittens, <laughs> otherworldly adventures, <laughs> crossing barriers and dimensions. Who knows? What's the limit? There is no limit. Screw the limits. We are breaking them all. Today we were joined by Cosmos. A five-legged dog in a lucha mask. <laughs> Skirmish. <laughs> I'm going to find out how many copies of Skirmish I can make. <laughs> and Jade. It was a 19A for you guys' incentive to purchase Electric Bastion Land and play along yourselves. Indeed, if you like this adventure and want to see more about it, this game was Electric Bastion Land by Chris McDowell. You can search it online or any other place where RPGs are sold. Anyway, that was all from us. Good night and good luck. Bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Hello there. I know you are currently enjoying your well-performed, well-thought-out, and well-executed D&D podcast. But have you thought about changing things up? If you're looking for non-stop, silly action, then come on over to Nat1 Presents Daft Monks. Not only will you probably not understand the story, but you won't even care because we don't. And I promise you that. For real though, Daft Monks is a half talk show, half actual play D&D podcast performed by improv comedy amateurs. Join us for our campaign featuring the delightfully deviant exploits of idiot vampire hunters Trevor Belmont and Abraham Van Helsing. Bi-weekly on wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, hello there, all you weebs and casuals alike. Magically Average here to introduce you to Bakken Company, an anime podcast that is both entertaining and informative. I use the term informative loosely, but I digress. We at Bakken Company produce three unique shows discussing different anime, both new and old. Our flagship, Bakken Co., dives deep into a single show or movie from the endless library of anime. Bakabytes gives listeners a sneak peek into the current season's anime, with many spoilers included, that is. And Bakken You is a one-on-one -on -one discussion with a special guest talking about their most cherished anime of all time. So, come join in on the fun as we laugh and yell, mostly yell, about anime. Bakken Company, for weebs and casuals alike. Here at the Naked Apple, you get intruthment. Picking through the apples and oranges to give the real comparison on the whole bowl of fruit. This community is about finding the stories that we've all been missing, protecting our freedoms, and giving voice to the things that we think really matter. 
weekly updates, political commentary, and other things that matter to us, peeled down and sometimes even half-baked. You know, I'm going to find that. It is time for him to go find things. Fetch. Fetch. Fetch.